Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Kittle Hoop, where we talk fun stuff in movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Jamie and co-hosted with me as always is the boy with the best here in the business, Rory Kidd. Hello everybody and how are you? Doing. And to my left, returning for round four, the author with too much knowledge to offer, Gregor Muir. Hiya. Hi guys. Hey, we're all together again. There's three of us. Cam's not here. How are we? It's the real dream team this episode. The dream episode. team. Without Cam. You been good this week? What are you up to? Both of you. Uh, my week has gone pretty swiftly. I've completed all my Christmas shopping. I noticed. That's all wrapped. It's in the corner. Mm. Such a pro. Along with the flag that is hanging from the, the walls. Of course, the Stars and Stripes, Stars Stars Stripes flag. Stripes flag. Are we, recurring? Are we bringing that joke Episode back, are we? Three. Good, good. That was a super one. Uh, Greg, you good? You well? Uh, yeah, I've done I've done some Christmas shopping as well. I was at uh, my first Christmas lunch of the season on Wednesday oh. down in London town. Weren't Went you? there and back uh, in a day just to eat uh, some turkey. And I just watched you crush a turkey and cranberry sandwich as well. I did. I'm getting real Christmassy. You love your turkey. In fact, I remember, do you remember when we drove up the sky and we would stop at Fort William and there was that hot that roast company? Ro- hot roast company. Yeah. You would always get the turkey and cranberry. False. False. Chicken and cranberry. False. False. Chicken False. and cranberry is mental. But it, used, it used to get something with cranberry in it. Or no, no, no. It no, it wasn't beef and Oh, how many more meats are there? It was, the, it was the pork and apple sauce, guys. Ah, so it was. Ooh. Yes, I had that. I had that too. Yeah. I was in the it's Christmas incredible. market yesterday uh, in Edinburgh. Lovely Christmas market. Don't go there, though, because it's, it's busy, man. so busy. Yeah, that's very busy. overpriced You as can't well. walk anywhere. How much is a churro? Like churro is like quid? five pounds. Fifth. Traditional Scottish Christmas food. Yes. <laughs> the churros. It's a, it's it, they kind of base it more on like the uh, German Christmas market. Don't yeah. They? Well, the Edinburgh one's always been really good, and people yeah. flock to that like they do the, the festival. The reason I mention it is because of your little apple thing that you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. What did you have? I had a pork, pork belly pork and, and apple sauce. in a bun. I had a Johnny Walker and hot apple. Uh, the, what do we call it? Toddy. Hot toddy. Oh, hot toddy. Yeah. That sounds divine. Johnny Walker and like apple juice? apple juice? It was bloody. I mean, okay. It was, I mean, you it could. Was incredible. You could convince me. It was so good. If I yeah. wasn't driving tonight, I would recommend, hey, let's do a Sunday night sesh, but I'm driving. So. Also, work tomorrow. Also, yeah, work. Atheltine needs to be done tomorrow. For the second time this episode, such a pro. Such a pro. pro. Yeah. Uh, what do they say? Just uh, a little bit of housekeeping to get us out of the way. There's no news today. Housekeeping. Um, due to foreseeable circumstances, um, we're going to have to record a couple episodes in advance, so there will be no updated news section. We might fill it in with a little bit of banter, though, about what we've been up to in between. Uh, banter. We love banter. This is going to be different to the last previous episode that we pre-recorded, where we are drinking coffee and not we are. whiskey. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, a couple last couple episodes, we've been heavy on the booze. This yeah, is heavy yeah. on the caffeine. I think that's important because we need to bring things to a less chaotic <laughs> level because <laughs> by gum, that last drunken episode got out of hand. It did. Um, somehow we got to the end in an hour and a half, even though I bounced it wrong. I, would, the, I did panic when I saw <laughs> it at three hours. I went, it didn't feel that long, but oh dear. We're, we're indeed yeah. talking about episode 10 here, the, the Temple of Dune review. And when that was recorded on that Saturday night, I was ready to write that off as the worst episode we'd ever done. Until I listened to it back and was like, you know what? It's pretty good. That was silly and stupid and great. Yeah. <laughs> Only the second worst. <laughs> and I missed one C-bomb, which I apologize for. Yeah, there is a C-bomb in there. Sorry to anyone. See if you can it. find it. Tweet <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same goes for uh, every week, though. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify, everybody. We upload a new episode every Monday morning, so if that fits into your commute, give us a download. If you're kind human beings, leave us a not-so-harsh review. We're a bunch of five-star men, so hope they that reflects in your all your reviews. I'm a five-star man! Yes, you are, Rory. 
you are. Guys, the big topic. <laughs> are you patronizing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big topic uh, we've got today, it's a week or so before Christmas. So we're talking about our favorite alternative Christmas films. You're so alternative, Jamie, with your uh, tattoos and your big plastic earplugs. And your fake beard. Am I? That's not Famously, fake. Jamie has this device that he grows oh, a three-inch beard, but it looks like he just has stuff. We just watched, <laughs> we, we just watched an advert for a product. So, uh, what was the product? I don't uh, know. I don't know. We're not sponsored by them, so we're not going to name it. It's for women. It's for women to, to like, disguise their facial got, hair. Yeah. So they've got bum fluff on their face. I don't know if it was a, a, a like a coloration or a removal, like was an it? epilator. I don't know. Who knows? I'll be honest. I only was watching at the sort of <laughs> at the corner of my eye. I wasn't fully focused. We joked anyway. pre-show that Jamie uses it. Yeah. Uh, ironically, here I have the best beard out of all of you, and it's nice. You have thick. the only beard out of all of us. Yeah. Well, there's some, some little shave. attempts here on the upper lip. Keep and... mine trimmed. Yeah, I shave as well. Okay, well done, boys. I mean, it's not a competition, but I win. <laughs> I win at Christmas. Anyway, we're talking alt-Christmas movies. This isn't your favorite Christmas movies, which, you know, are Muppet Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. That's a different argument. And Jingle All the Way. And Jingle mm, All the Way. Yeah. What's the hero the in that? Chapel. What's the hero in that? Mega Man? No. Uh, Turbo Man. Turbo, Turbo Man. Man. Turbo Man. Get the Turbo Man. <laughs> he tries to steal it from his neighbor. What a horrible he does. man! Oh yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> man. He, he does not have Christmas spirit. He, he is a monster. I'm just gonna steal it from my neighbor and let his kid have a shit Christmas. Who's his wife in that? His wife's hot. Couldn't tell you. Oh, man. Keep going and I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah. Today we're talking all Christmas films. We've got a list in front of us that we've been collecting throughout the week. I think we've got nine films on the list. Is that right? Hoo-wee. Bloody hell. Hoo-hoo-wee. We won't. We don't. We don't need to go too in depth on all of them. I'm going to ask you this question, Gregor. What Hello. defines an alternative Christmas film? Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a good question. I guess um, ones which are sort of Christmassy. You might actually a lot of these when I read through back through the list, I had forgotten that they were kind of set around Christmas time. Yeah, which suggests that the Christmas element is not front and center. Absolutely, like, all the marketing materials are not going to be happy families standing around a tree with a roaring fire. No, um, but Lots of them, they they sort of either there's a bit of pastiche of some of those those uh, classic Christmas films, but usually they're just fun, exciting, cool stuff that's happening, and it happens to be snowing. I I completely agree with you. Yes, actually, <laughs> to flip that on its head. My favorite Christmas film of all time, and it's arguably the best Christmas film of all time, was "It's a Wonderful" is "It's a Wonderful Life." Really? Now that film, even though it's you're right, it's set at Christmas time, hasn't really got a direct Christmas theme. Other than like you're important, don't fuck up because your family's like don't wish you were you. dead because yeah. this will happen. But again, like that's a classic uh, tale. <laughs> by your description, happy happy. By your description, that kind of falls into that category of alternative Christmas films, even though mm-hmm. I still consider it to be the best Christmas film. Yeah, and it is. I, I guess it is based. Yeah, it's not a Christmas film about Santa and stuff, but oh, <gasps> Santa's oh. coming down the chimney, you guys. <laughs> Bear yeah. with us, folks. Someone, Someone has just entered the flat. We did not think he'd be available for this episode, but he's arrived. Oh, what's one. his name? Cameron McDonald. He is here. He's here for the pod. He's here. Hand him he a mic. Come in. You coming in the pod? He's too hung over to speak. <laughs> he's too hung over to speak. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Anyway, where were we? Uh, right, all, all, all three Christmas films. So yes. we've got a list in front of us. Let's go through them one by one. These are films we'll probably recommend for the the average viewer that wants to watch something entertaining over Christmas time, but doesn't want to sit through. Love Actually for the 1500th time with their family members. Great movie. That was a quick interjection from Cam from the other room that Love Actually is amazing. Cam, you're not on the mic. People can't hear you. You're not on this pod, Cam, even though I think it's a great movie. It is, it is a great movie. It, Love Actually is excellent. But for the 15,000th and first time, it's probably wearing How, a bit thin. 
just the hope you get for that little boy just going through security. Remember when airports were easy to get through <laughs> without a ticket? <laughs> He's only we. He can fit I through gaps. I remember that, that, yeah. That we can. <laughs> when did Book Love actually come out? 2003? Something like that, early 2000s, yeah. Also that girl, I mean, Martin, that... Martin McCutcheon is in it, so that dates it quite uh, specifically when she was in the public consciousness. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, the wife from Jingle All The Way is from Mamma Mia, which I've never seen. Big Fat Greek Wedding, which I've never seen. Sleepless in Seattle. Wait, it, it, what's her the name? wife? If it was the her name is Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson. Interesting. Also, the kid in Jingle All the Way, Anakin from Episode One. Is it? Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, Jake Lloyd. Wow, what a career that boy Look had! Look how weird he looks now. Hi on, he's not in love actually. No, no, no. Jingle, oh, Jingle, Jingle All the Way. way. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm wrong movie. Wrong movie. Come on. Sorry, I was too busy hearing Cam walking about and not paying attention. What a scam. Shall we jump on our first film here? Yes, let's, let's cool, cool. do it. Uh, first film out of uh, nine on our list is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the 2005 film directed by Shane Black, featuring Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself, Val Kilmer, Batman himself, uh, Michelle Monaghan, Tom Cruise's wife in Mission Impossible. Five oh. or whatever it is. Oh, I didn't She's know. great. She is great. You, who's watched this film? Greg, I know you've watched this. I have watched this many a time. Rory, you seen it? I have. I'm looking through your little synopsis to try and remember it because I'm like, was that done on Christmas time? It was, see, this is, this is definitely yeah. one of the ones as well that I was like, I had forgotten that there was the whole Christmas, Christmas angle. Back, back to it. So yeah. brief synopsis for what I've written here. Written and directed by action oh. guru Shane Black of Lethal Weapon fame, also on this list. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, who apparently loves saying all of his films around Christmas. This noirish black comedy really sings thanks to the fluid chemistry between co-stars Robert Downey Jr. Uh, playing an aspiring actor slash thief and Val Kilmer as a gay private eye. Well, he's super can- he's can having I- so much fun. Oh, can I jump in? Is yeah. this the movie where at the start Robert Downey Jr. has stolen something, his mate dies, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. accidentally goes into an acting yeah. audition. Yes. Exactly and he cries because he's talking about his mate, and they think, wow, what a fucking actor. Yeah, Correct. So he actually this be- is a great movie. Yeah, he yeah, actually yeah, becomes an actor. Yeah. 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 And, and then, then he's off to Hollywood. Yeah, and he narrates yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he's kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, the narrator. So um, while, the, uh, while the narration is a bit too kind of self-referential for its own good, because Robert Downey Jr., this was like his comeback film after... Uh, his, his addiction to cocaine and falling off the rails and whatnot. His brushes with the law. The, the there two, weren't brushes. He was full on. Yeah. The two gifted, full on arrested. Yes. <laughs> the two gifted characters played by Robert Dungeon and Val Kilmer, they're firing on all cylinders and the twisty plot and newcomer Michelle Monaghan um, as the tough talking dame to kill for in a sexy Santa costume at one point. Oh, um, what's mm. not to like about this? Don't this was a that. great film. I feel like I should remember that. It also has the uh, single greatest... Uh, use of Russian roulette in a film uh, where he is oh, interrogating yeah. a guy uh, <laughs> where they're, invest- they're trying to get hold of are they, I don't know if they're the morgue or the, the sort of like a mental institution they're trying to get hold the, of yeah, yeah, they're, they're some information from right. one of the guards and he takes him outside and uh Puts a bullet in the chamber <laughs> and spins it, and then holds it to his head. But he tries. He tries. Tell to me what's going out. on. <laughs> he tries <laughs> to take it out, does he not? No, and he it accidentally leaves, falls back in he, the gun. No, he does leave a bullet in there, uh, and then straight off just shoots the guy in the head before <laughs> before you get any information from him. And Valka was like, "Did you put a bullet in that gun? Did you put an actual live bullet? You never put a real bullet in the gun." He's like, "Oh my god, I've just shot a man." In there. <laughs> um, it was incredible. He Robert Downey Jr. is. He's sort of a slightly more neurotic character than he usually plays. But yeah, no, him and Val Kilmer, all the scenes that they're in together Just are... the chemistry is really Yeah, good. they are having so much fun. It's it's ridiculous. 
Let's I'm going to watch this. Let's movie. go through. I need to rewatch yeah, it. Actually, it's, it's, now that we start talking about it, it's on Netflix I, yeah, or Sky. It's let's great. go through the film, start to finish a little bit because it's very good. You're right. So the beginning starts with Robert Downey Jr. ending up at. Oh, it starts with him at an LA party over the Christmas period. Oh, and, and he's, like, he's narrating the story. He's like, "How did how did I end up at the party? Well, here it is." And then it goes back to him in New York, uh, robbing a toy store for his nephew. His pal gets killed. He ends up at an acting uh, uh, an audition. Uh, to hide away from the cops and accidentally becomes a really good actor. He gets hired um, to basically knock, apparently you find out, a couple quid off Colin Farrell, Colin Firth's or Colin Farrell's paycheck. Yeah, something like that. Two um, very different actors, but okay. But he's due to, he's due to play, <laughs> he's due to play um, the role of some detective. And he is, the studio hires a private detective for him to shadow. So he learns uh, how, which is Val how to be a private yeah, detective, yeah. and that's Val Kilmer. And while this is happening, he gets involved in the case Val Kilmer's hired to do. All the while, and this is another plot thread, the book echoes certain short stories called... It's a book? Yeah, they're like, I think they're semi-based on Robert Grisham novels. John Grisham? John Grisham, even. Yeah, John Grisham novels. Uh, Pass. Because the main character, the girl, has an addiction to um, detective novels, and she finds them at the party. And oh, the film's yes. plot then echoes one of the narratives from one of those little short stories, um, and about how there are two kind of two narratives, an A plot and a B plot, and how they combine into one they overall all wrap plot. Up at the end. Yeah, and he was also he. There's all sorts of strange little aside, like he was uh, an aspiring magician when he was a kid, oh, yeah. wasn't he? The great and Harold 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 the Magnificent. Or, yeah, Harold or and his little magic fingers come in at the end as well. Yeah. Um, oh. and there's a there's some there's some body gore. Twinsy elements. No, or yes, yes no, there's an actress playing. Are we still of, on this oh, movie? Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't remember these. There are so many it's a really good detective story on its own, yeah. but it's also set at Christmas. Yeah. I know the Christmas thing I only remember sort of towards the end when he's Is it because it's just Christmas in LA and it never snows? Kind well, of. Is there not snow at the end when he's hanging off that bridge and then he's sort of like Spoilers um, for, yeah. for like an 80s movie? No, it came no, out no, in 2005. No. I mean, oh, really? Daddy yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> this was uh, after his cocaine habit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's cutting about trying to solve mysteries. Um, there's some body swapping in the... Not as in like she, my uh, her, joy of her, body swap is comedies. It, is it her sister? They that try go- and capture a... Her uh, sister is the one that's murdered at the beginning? Yes, there is a murder to solve. Uh, the dame to kill for. And Michelle Monaghan is basically the sister of the girl that's that's killed at the beginning, and she's an aspiring actress in LA, mm-hmm. and but she's hired to do like kind of rich people parties and wait tables instead of actually act. So there's a really hot scene where she's wearing a sexy Santa outfit, oh, damn. and she gets hit on. Again, this film would not get made in the hashtag Me Too era because she is uh, assaulted quite often at this party. We slap on the bottom mm. as a joke, or oh no, just as guys being creepy. Just guys being yeah, creepy. guys being creepy. God damn. Good film, though. Good film. Yeah, good film. Yes. I, I can't wait to rewatch it. It's going to be soon. Genuinely. Here he comes. Here comes oh. Big Cam. The old And his Cam sweats and his Nikes. Looking real sorry for himself. No, it's all right. You how put it there. Your, how is your... Take one of the many coasters I took from work. Cameron, sit, sit, sit yourself down. Tell us all about how you're, uh, you're feeling. Are you feeling right Christmassy? Here's a slight detour from the pod. I'm feeling garbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quite terrible. Thank you. You look like you've had a big Christmas. It's Boxing Day for you. <laughs> we didn't even make it out last night. Did you not? No, I fell asleep before the boxing even started as well. So. Oh, oh you were watching boxing again. It's yeah. Boxing Day. 
So uh, he'll be watching uh, boxing. I don't get it. It's Christmas, isn't it? It's all Christmas related. Sh- Jesus, guys. Shut up, Gregor. Meet me halfway here. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased to see you. Are, are you wanting to be involved in this little pod, seeing as you're back now? I thought you, you wouldn't be here for it. sat next to Jamie now, so it looks like you want to. Nobody wants to smell me. I'm just sitting, <laughs> oh. I'm just sitting down. I I'm going to have my cup of tea and see how I feel. Have a wee night. Have you read the notes? Because I'll, I'll, I'll let you pop in whenever you want to have Would a pop like in. Would you like one of our many duvets? Do you want to wrap? Do you want to wrap yourself up? Have a wee blankie. It's too warm sure? already. <laughs> Get your base camps up and we'll talk on. Right. Shall we recommend Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Good uh, film? Good first film? 100% recommend I'm going to watch Kiss it tonight if I can find it. Yeah. yeah the fact that it has such a night. sort of convoluted bouncing around plot is making me struggle to remember it in a sort it's, of linear fashion. It does bounce around I a lot. Think but like, then there's a lot going on. I but think it's great. Like a lot of the best detective novels and detective movies, it has one of those beginnings where it's quite difficult to understand what's going on. And then when you start to keep up with it, it works itself into a very, very clever narrative. Um, really recommend that film. Very funny. Robert Downey Jr.'s class. That's him coming back to his his stride before he starts getting involved with Iron Man and Marvel. Uh, good film. Go watch that. Rory, watch it tonight before I go home, yeah? Yes. Cool. It's very good. Number two film. Everyone should have seen this. This is a cracking film. In Bruges. Fucking Bruges. In fucking Bruges. Uh, 2008's In Bruges, directed and written by Martin McDonough, uh, starring Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and Rafe Fiennes. Great list of actors good film. in this movie. Very good also, actors. a very good film. Okay. Very funny film. Short synopsis. Did not know it was in Christmas time. In this, and again, <laughs> a, a, another witty black comedy. In this amazingly witty black comedy by the gifted playwright Martin McDonough, uh, two Irish hitmen, played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, are ordered to hide out in the fairytale city of Bruges after a job gone awry. Uh, while fairytale city makes it sound like it's make believe. Kind of looks like it. <laughs> is it, it is, is that, Bruges is a real place. Have you ever it been is to a real place, but is it? Does it have a castle where they probably got the ideas of fairy tales from? It's Belgium, so I mean, it, it's it's quite yeah. it's an old country. Every story will have a castle and a dragon and a lady. They have cloisters. Cool. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Back to the synopsis. While awaiting further instructions while hiding low in Belgium uh, from their boss, Harry, who's played by Rafe Fiennes, um, channel- channeling his best Ben Kingsley and sexy beast impression, they explore, the, they explore the Christmassy city befriending a fetching grifter and a far-muffed dwarf actor. The sight of a coked-up Colin Farrell karate shopping a coked-up racist dwarf is worth the watch alone. That's my comment. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing that sticks into my head about this movie. I don't honestly couldn't tell you the story. All I can tell you is at one point, Colin Farrell gets drunk, meets a dwarf, and can't believe that there's a midget there. Yeah, and he's super he's racist. Like, it's a midget. I can't believe it's a fucking midget. Oh, I'm all drunk and stuff. Is it Peter Dinklage? No, it's not. No, it's not Peter I don't Dinklage. Think it is. Not every dwarf is Peter Dinklage, well, Gregor. Jesus. He was, he was working a lot at that point. That's all. I'm, I, that's why I want to ask. He was ask. working a lot at that point. 2008, but that was before Game of Thrones. No, when did the first series of Game of Thrones? We watched out? Game of Thrones in the second Game of flat is we had at uni. Eight now, right? So that Game of Thrones must have been 2010. Yeah, Peter Dinklage was a working actor at that if point. It's been a, sure, but he, he was would, an elf, guys. Wait, he was an this elf. This can be resolved. Yeah, he was an elf. Talk amongst yourselves. Yourself. See, if, see if it turns out to be Peter Dinklage. It's not Peter Dinklage. Seriously, you can't just call every dwarf Peter Dinklage. I feel like Jamie would have done his research on this, though. I refuse to believe that. Okay. I don't know the dwarf's name, but it definitely wasn't Peter Dinklage. Okay, I'll, no, I'll accept that. I, I, I don't. I cannot picture cool. him clearly, one way or t'other. If My we have, if we have any dwarfs is... listen to this podcast, they're going to hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they will. I think I'll be perfectly reasonable. Um, the joy of seeing Brendan Gleeson and a very grumpy Colin Farrell yeah. being dragged around the sights of Bruges is 
great. It's, it's like one of those like family holidays where your parents take you to a very kind of old place and go, you'll, you'll love this. And as teenagers, you absolutely fucking hated it because I don't give a shit about history right now, mom. Like take me to Disneyland or something stupid like that. And that's the Colin, Far- Colin Farrell channels his inner child in this. He is, an, he is a very angry Irish child slash assassin. To be fair, spoiler alert, and this doesn't give too much away. He's there, they're there lying low after assassinating a priest. But in the process, Colin Farrell has killed a child. So he's oh, yeah. kind of going through a very emotional kind of breakdown, which is why. Yeah, that does. It spirals out of control. This is why it doesn't uh, immediately slot into my mind as a Christmassy film. Oh, no. Just going to jump in here, guys. The dwarf slash, slash midget. Those are different. IMDb. Things, so we're not sure. What IMDb, IMDb says, says this. Oh. Jimmy, the character played by Jordan Prentice. Oh, Jordan Prentice. Yep. Shut up. You don't know who that is. That name does actually ring a bell, but I don't know why. He is also in Howard the Duck movie. Of course. Was he Howard the Duck in the Howard Duck movie? Could not tell you. Okay. He was in Mirror Mirror, which I'm assuming is a shit version of Snow White. Uh, he was in American Pie, The Naked Mile. Ah, everyone's the, favorite, the, the everyone's American, favorite pie. American Pie movie. Which one was that? Five, six? Uh, he was also in The 11th Hour and The Night Before Christmas. So a lot of Christmas films probably as else, else frequently around Christmas time. Yeah. Howard the Duck. Weird. In Bruges. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very, very strange um, bibliography. Yeah, I know. In no, filmography. Really, really good film. Yeah. So uh, Mark, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, they're lying low, trying to keep themselves busy. Uh, the subplot to this is, I think Brendan Gleeson's there to kind of show Colin Farrell a good time before he basically has to <laughs> put him what? down. <laughs> He, I don't remember that scene. He's he's tasked to put him down. So they go on this huge bender. He's told to yeah. The, yeah, yeah. They go on this like, huge bender. Go on a night out and then I'll shoot you in the face. Yeah, basically. They go on this huge bender and they meet the girl who plays Fleur de Leclerc in Harry Potter. He falls in love with her. Yes. They get coked up and they start picking on midgets and there's racism involved. Uh and then Brandon Gleason decides not to kill Colin Farrell. Yeah, because it's a, Christmas, it's a Christmas miracle. And sends him on his way. A and then a real there's a really... Does he not explain it to him and says, just yeah. fuck off. Yeah, go. basically. Yeah. So he basically decides he's got to tell Ray finds his boss, this Ari. And Who's hilarious. He's got one of the best scenes in any witty black comedy where he's on the phone at Christmas time talking to Brendan Gleeson and then kicks the shit out of the phone when he finds out that Colin Powell's not dead. <laughs> and is his wife not there? His wife comes through and he says, Ari, Ari. Stop it. It's an inanimate object as he's beating the phone up. And he goes, oh, you're an inanimate fucking object. And yeah. Classic. Cute big old lols. Lol. Happy f- times. Good old film. I probably butchered that story. but I think you nailed it. Oh, yeah? Nailed it. I think everyone listening probably laughed out loud when you did that. <laughs> impression. So. Oh, the sarcasm is, is <laughs> palpable. palpable. Um, I do like as well that the um, when they do their tour guide thing and trips around Bruges, um, they do seem to go to every actual site worth seeing. America, yeah. Cookie, Cookie yeah. went to Bruges. I genuinely like, wanted to. Back and then sent us a message. was like, so it turns out uh, they saw everything in that <laughs> film. <laughs> Bruges is not a big place. They ticked off every single site. I'd love to go to Bruges because of that movie. Because oh, they show so it much looks of it. Incredible. Yeah, it looks really I nice. legit think the tourism must have spiked after that film. It would be a cool little sort of Christmas market holiday. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Sort of like the last, the midweek of December, maybe go on, or go on like a long weekend holiday to Bruges. Wander around Bruges. Hope you <laughs> if you've got some shot. disposable income. <laughs> Back to the pot really quickly. And um, once Harry finds out that um, Colin Farrell's character is not dead, he 
he decides to take it upon himself to travel out to Bruges to shoot him himself. Yeah. Uh, like cue a, a very kind of long and funny game of cat and mouse. Do they all die? Through Bruges. I think most of them uh, do. Do they all die? I'm pretty sure Brendan Gleeson falls out of a tower. Well, that's in a brilliant scene though. Like where he basically kills himself to... Uh, Save Colin. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert for a film that came I out mean, in 2008. Yeah, 2000, yeah. In a scene where he has to basically kill himself to warn Colin Farrell that Ari's after you. Yeah. And it's yeah. a shame. Good, Good Again, a laugh a, a laugh a minute. It's actually a, a very, a very funny yeah. film. Yeah. For considering we've touched on the sort of the absolute bleakest but elements like, of it. That's there. the thing about black comedies, is they are very bleak when you talk about them normally, but yeah. when you watch it, it is a, it is in a funny way. The, yeah. the playwright that wrote this, Martin Madonna, he did Calvary. Have you seen that? That's with Brendan Gleeson. With Brendan Gleeson in it. Is he a priest? He's that? a priest. And he's um given it like someone he, he Again, this is going off off topic, but um, it just kind of shows like how good these films are written. That the guy that, uh, Martin McDonough who wrote this and directed it, um, Calvary's about a priest in somewhere remote in Ireland, and while he's in his confession box, and someone comes in and basically says, "I hate you. I'm going to kill you within seven days." And he doesn't take the threat no one that seriously, that. <laughs> but throughout the week he encounters so many people, and he tries to work out who it was that threatened him, and uh, gets to a, a, again. Very dark, hmm. dark kind of plot. I did not know that was what that film was Hilarious about. film at the same time. Really? In the same oh. vein as this. In fact, it might be better than In Bruges. Is it set at Christmas, though? I can't remember. I think it might be. Let's get on it, guys. Let's not. Let's okay. move on. Let's move on. So, uh, In Bruges, my another, favorite one. Another big uh, recommendation, though. List. In Bruges, you like big that? Big recommendation. Yeah. If you're looking to do the 12 movies of Christmas that aren't Christmas movies. All movies. All Christmas all movies. Christmas movies <laughs> high, yeah. Probably it, do them in this order. Yeah. It <laughs> might not be one to watch uh, with your family. Or young ones. Yeah. if Particularly if you have members of your family who don't enjoy fairly spicy language. Because they uh, oh, they go well, well in. Cam's found the Cam's quality streets. Found the quality streets. <laughs> hey, I told you it was Christmas, guys. There's quality street here. Sorry, we were listening. Merry but Christmas. <laughs> oh, you're oh, so... Oh, Cam whispering Merry <laughs> Christmas into a mic is actually <laughs> deeply unsettling. <laughs> Right, moving on. Moving yeah. on. Uh, Next mo- one. Movie number three. We're harking back to 1987 with this one. My favorite comedy slash buddy cop movie. Did not know it was Christmas until I looked up alt Christmas movies. <laughs> Again, a common theme in this list of movies that we're talking about. Uh, film number three, we've got Lethal Weapon. Weapon. <laughs> Without an H. Why do you say it that way? What? What? Cool whip. Cool whip. Uh, Lethal Weapon. So this film was directed by Richard Donner, written again by Shane Black, who wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, cool. This film stars Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and Gary Busey. As Gary, as Busey. Mr. Gary Busey. Mr. Joshua. Crazy Busey. As Mr. Joshua. His son is in the remake of uh, the Predator movie that just came out, playing his character's son. But then it's just... Oh, from... Was he in from, Predators He was in two? Predators, Predators yeah, yeah. He was in Predators. With Danny Glover, again. With Danny Glover. Yeah. Oh, was he back for... Ding, 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 ding. Pred- Crazy Busey. Right, well, Crazy that's... Anyway, Busey. good call back there, Danny yeah. Glover. So, uh, let me... Brief synopsis here. Well, Richard Donner's buddy cop action comedy gets demerits for Mel Gibson. The truth is he's superb as Sergeant Martin Riggs. A suicidal... He's clearly an American cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Riggs, a suicidal cop... With uh, the worst American accent, <laughs> haunted by the death of his Mel wife. Mel Gibson does not care about doing accents <laughs> no, in his films. He has no interest in it whatsoever, and that's great. I'm American. How are you? You all right? <laughs> Hello? I'm, you started this party without me. I'm William Wallace. I'm William Wallace. 
Get out of here, you poms. Get out of my country. Freedom and all that. Uh, joined by his over-the-hill partner, LAPD Homicide Sergeant Roger Mortar. 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 Is he on his way towards retirement? He absolutely is in every film he's in. Too old for this shit. <laughs> well, he was probably in his forties when they filmed this. <laughs> <laughs> you got another twenty years to go, mate. You're fucking. While awaiting further, oh no, wrong, wrong synopsis. Uh, the two investigate a murder case that leads all the way back to a gigantic heroin smuggling operation run by a bunch of Vietnam War veterans. Yes, really, that is the plot. Awesome. Great plot. <laughs> All the action takes place around Christmas time, including a touching Christmas dinner sequence. And there's even Gary Busey as the film's main antagonist, a violent henchman who goes by the name of Mr. Joshua. Josh. Josh. Class movie. Class I love movie. this movie so this, much. And this, again, is so, so parodied in so many other films. Yeah. And the best part is the Eric Clapton score, where just oh. you get a scream of electric car every time something cool happens. <laughs> Like, let's slide over this car bonnet. It's it's very like the sort of the 80s cop TV shows, just like a feature-length version, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I learned to love this movie more after watching the two parody episodes from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And then going back to Lethal Weapon, being like, they have done this so well. And you actually watch the movie and you think, that's incredible. Mel Gibson... Does not sound American in any way. <laughs> no way. Even though I, because he is quite good at American accent now that he's not lived in Australia. No, for after like, he's acted for 35 years. Yeah. yeah. But like in this movie, it's just like, I don't use a partner. I, I'm American, I, but I don't use a partner. It's like, where are you from? All right, pick, Rog. Pick a country. All right, Rog. There's not a weird subplot as well where he kind of fancies. Um, he's in love with his daughter. Well, I think that's his comes, own daughter. Yeah, no, no Rog's daughter. Rog's daughter. Yeah. But I think that comes yeah. into it. Isn't she like nine? She's like 19. She's the like, eldest daughter. Because in, the, in the second movie, they get married or they, I can't they remember have a relationship. First, I can't remember for the first one or the second one. The thing is, this is all blurring into the actual things that happen. They sunny, always sunny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's yeah they get married. Yeah, she gets no, blown up, right? I can't remember if this is the first one or the second one, but there's a scene where she's an, she's an actress and she would be hired to do her first commercial. But the commercial's for condoms. Oh, yeah. And Roger doesn't know that her daughter's, his daughter's, Co- uh, commercialist for condoms until they air it and his reaction is priceless yeah, like good. everyone's watching it around the TV her boyfriend's there and he's just like get the fuck out of my ass get out no way like, it's a great I see these movies always kind of combine into one I, I thought who's the little guy from Home Alone Joe Pesci Joe Pesci's in I thought no, he was I, in I, I, in I two assumed or three. you meant Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> like, yeah the little guy yeah. his name's Kevin McAllister Kevin I think I don't think Joe Pesci comes he's into in the it until second two one, or maybe. three. Yeah, I think it's three because he's like the mole or something. He's mm-hmm. actually in the mob, but he he gives them information or something. Yeah, classic Joe Pesci. He's an informant. Good film though. Lethal Weapon. Good film. I also found out the way that he dislocates and relocates. Yeah, pops his shoulder. Pops back his in. shoulder back in. Not the way to do that, kids. Yeah, I have does a friend. He, like, slam it into a wall. He he basically dislocates his shoulder, slams it into anything. That is, that is straight and facing towards him. Mm. Not the way to do it. I have a friend whose shoulder pops out every so often. It's hilarious. And when it happens, he's like, oh, oh, my shoulder. Oh, no. And he grabs it. And you can literally see him move his shoulder. Like, but Just obviously. It back in. Yeah. You have to find the socket and go. And it pops back in. But you Ow. have to be careful not to trap the nerve mm. because then you're fucked and you have to go to the hospital. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. 
Shout, shout, out, shout out to Stuart Hosking. I hope your shoulder's okay. Yeah. Right, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here's a good fact about age. So uh, Danny Glover, Roger Murtaugh. Um, yeah, you're right. The whole film is based on him due to retire soon. So he's wanting to wind down. Danny's got, uh, Danny Glover's character it plays a 50-year-old in the movie. So he's retiring early. Well. 50-year-old. But Dan- this was the 80s. So but Danny, Danny Glover... Oh, did true. you retire in 54? Yeah. Well, yeah, Reagan's doing well. The economy's booming. So yeah, sure, you can retire early. Uh, Danny, Danny Glover, Glover can do what he likes. At the time of filming, this was 40 years old. He was 40. Yeah, 40 years old. Getting too old. Wait, how old was Gibson at this stage? Okay, 28? so Mel Gibson was playing a 30-year-old, but was 37. <laughs> so they were three <laughs> years different in actual age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were 20 years different in scripted age. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Mel Gibson looks very young and sprightly. And then I think Danny Glover has a it's mustache. It's all in the mullet. The mullet, <laughs> the mullet shaves at least 10 years off you. Yeah. Because yeah, no self-respecting old person would And the, the mustache and the receding hairline kind of took it out of Danny Glover. It's a look. It is a hell of a look. <laughs> it does mean that he got to spin out his career by the figure, but like, he is like just he's still like, around. Well, he's, he's in Sorry to Bother You. This year. It looks the same. That looks incredible. He just has, That's his, a his hair is just Is that gray. a Christmas movie? Is that set during Christmas? Mm, no. It looks great, though. What is the... See, so in Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. other than the sort of Christmas dinner scene... Yeah, I can't remember any other particularly Christmassy bits of it. Um, is there tinsel anywhere? Yeah, so it ends on Christmas. Snow is there's snow at the end. I think is there not? Does he not have a fight with Gary Busey at the end? Oh, that's no, raining. Snow. It's raining. The soundtrack includes Elvis Presley's song "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Darlene ah. Love, who plays uh, Martha's wife, was a background dancer in Elvis's production, Elvis and the Comeback Special. So they intu- they wanted a lot of Elvis-based stuff in there mm. and yeah so that i think that's the only christmas song that's in it because okay. the rest of it is mel gibson screaming not mel gibson eric clapton screaming guitars great choice. sliding over bonnets mm-hmm. i don't know if they do that's more starsky and hutch but it's more of like uh you know like in the change of scene like they do in friends where it's like bow, 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 bow. Oh, they show a bit, like, a bit a bit of new york skyline yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that it's like LA skyline and it's like have we touched on the fact that Mel Gibson in this is supposed to be pretty unhinged because he's suffering from suicide after his wife died Um, yeah he does crazy things like he talks a guy off of a roof who's about to commit suicide at the beginning by throwing him off the roof yeah both of them (laughs) he handcuffs himself to the guy and they jump (laughs) and Uh, he also tries to he's in like a he puts a gun to his head there's a suicide scene Yeah. yeah I just read here as well during the suicide scene Mel Gibson actually loaded the gun with a real bullet to give himself a feeling that he'd give him like it was almost like a meta um, what's it uh method acting. method acting situation what we feel more more upset that there was a loaded gun in his mouth all three films that we've talked about so far have involved either russian roulette or suicide yeah. or <laughs> happy christmas everybody getting shot in the head yeah <laughs> do you know where the you know where the title drop is for this because the title's mentioned in it the title drop lethal weapon so Martos speaks um so during the oh, during right. one they point say in, the scene, in the movie. Martos speaks of the title of the film when he says to Riggs, I suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. Uh, I did not know that. Roll credits. Is that the end of the movie? No, it's not. It's oh. somewhere like towards the end. Yeah. My favorite title Or drop. after he leaps off a building, having handcuffed himself to <laughs> no. a civilian. My no. favorite my favorite title drop, just to segue, is Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> Where they go, it's, it's like, like some, some sort of, of Hot tub time, time machine. machine looks directly at the camera. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Who's that again? Robert Robinson. Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. One actor. 
Despite popular misconceptions, Roger Roger Murta Roger 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 Murta never actually says I'm getting too old for this shit in the movie. Mm, He simply says I'm too old for this shit. He does, however, say he's getting too old for this shit in sequels. Oh right, okay, yeah, cool. It's like the old Indiana Jones hat retrieval thing. Does he? It does happen, just not in the film you think it does. That was a good debate last week. I'm glad I won that one. Team Team Cam and Jamie won that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drinking his tea. Yeah. You feeling better, mate? <laughs> no. 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 Do you mind? You look quite good, though. Since you're not doing the pod, do you want to get some Pepsi Maxes for the for the team, for the boys, for the boys? There's Pepsi Maxes in on. the fridge. Come on. You can do Sexy it. Max time. Oh yeah, no! He's, he's got to get up and do things after he's eating all this chocolate. You're a good one. Are you just eating the strawberry creams at the yeah. Quality Street? <laughs> strawberry creams? What a monster. Where's your Christmas monster? juice? Strawberry cream. Huh? Yeah, it's my favorite one. Is so it? it's good to see that they've all been eaten there. Next film on the list, boys. Yeah. Oh, are we going to say we recommend Lethal Recommended. Weapon? Oh, 100%. And then One. if you want, Hundo. go onto Netflix and look at Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Lethal Weapon 5 and 6. Which are yeah, which probably some of the best episodes of the thoroughly enjoy. They are great. <laughs> Uh, film number four I've got on the list probably the, the first direct comedy the other ones are kind of black comedy and also directly actions. Christmas related sure Trading Places great movie hi-yo two seconds just gonna, bring my just gonna stretch my legs out here for you Greg for so, me Trading Places <laughs> well, Trading Places came out in 1983 and <laughs> um, this was directed by John Landis and features Eddie Murphy Dan Aykroyd and Ralph Bellamy and Jamie Lee Curtis was that Murphy with a TH there Eddie Murphy? Murphy. Murphy. He's got a lisp. Murphy. He's just north of Perth. John Landis, the dad of Max Landis. John Landis wrote uh, and directed other films such as, thank you very much, Cam, uh, Werewolf in London. Good American Werewolf in London. London. Which, this is what I hate about movies and scary movies. Even though it's not that scary, they have an effect on me with the music that they've chosen to put in the movie. Bad Moon Rising. Yes. I was terrified of that song because of this movie by Creedence, for so long. Creedence Clearwater Revival. And, and it's a genuinely really happy song. It's, it's a great little song. But I always associated it with American Werewolf in London and hated it. Oh dear. So yes. here's my wee blurb for Trading Places. This remarkably precedent comedy from the remarkably underrated filmmaker John Landis mm. concerns a wealthy commodities broker played by Dan Aykroyd and a street hustler played by Eddie Murphy. Eddie? 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 Eddie. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's name. Um, <laughs> apparently, reading. This is Jared Leto all over yeah, again. Yeah. Apparently, I struggle with reading. Edley Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Who the two of them become unwittingly pawns in a cruel uh, bet by a pair of finance executives. Plenty of hilarious hijinks ensues, including Aykroyd as a drunken, gun toting Santa, Jamie Lee Curtis's seductive Ophelia, a prostitute he befriends, and the comedy genius Murphy at his height of his powers in the 80s. Oddly enough, the film has become a Christmas classic in Italy, where it's broadcasted really? every December 24th. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Italy oh, loves this film. Italy loves it. I mean, the Italians, like, they, they do go in for some sort of financial discrepancies. So yeah. maybe mischief conducted by uh, so, upper level financial executives is right up their street. Who knows? Brief plot summary of this movie is Eddie Murphy is a homeless man, mm-hmm. pretends to be legless at one point. Mm-hmm. Tries to get money off Dan Aykroyd, who is a successful businessman on Wall Street. Correct. And he says, no, get away from me, homeless man. And then for some reason, all the other rich people think that Dan Aykroyd isn't good at his job. 
So they think that, oh, we'll play a trick on him and we'll get a homeless man his job and we'll m- pretend that he doesn't had never worked here. Uh, is that it? It's kind of one of those. It's one of those. It's one of those Christmases. It's one of those Christmas rag to riches stories. Yeah, where the pauper or the Prince and the pauper, the poor person around. gets an opportunity, um, a second opportunity at life and a career, um, due to the horrible circumstances he's thrust into throughout the film. Two very funny moments where Dan Aykroyd's life is ruined. Yeah, <laughs> ha ha ha! Rich man can't cope with poor lifestyle. Exactly. Balls. Um, to be fair, imagine going into work one day and everyone was like, "Who are you?" Yeah, like, that would freak oh, no, you I've out. Here for you. We go, no, yeah, no, no, we've never seen you before. This man here, Eddie Murphy, he's <laughs> the person that you're claiming to be. Wait, like, that's the, the homeless man I rejected the other day. He's like, well, he quite clearly has legs, so <laughs> you must be misremembering. <laughs> you don't work here, sir. Please leave. Oh, I'd um, freak out if that happened to be. Yeah. So one of my, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in this as well. This is towards the beginning of her career. Before this... Well, um, before this, it was probably Halloween. Well, yeah, before this, all she'd really done were horror films. And from what I've read, um, it took a lot of convincing by John Landis to get her on the, on the, on the movie because really? the execs thought, she's just a horror film, like a horror film actress. She's not going to do this. She's a great actress. Gets her boobs out in this too. Phrase. Gets her boobs out in this too. She does. She does. I do not remember that. They punch she my does. cam. She takes Dan Aykroyd back to her little crappy flat and she just gets undressed in front of him and Dan Aykroyd's like oh god what do I do so, there's a prostitute naked in front of me do yeah. I have to pay for this and she's great she's really funny in it <laughs> the big concern the big concern what so, have I done <laughs> the whole the whole Italy thing came from this little uh, news section I read every year since 1997 Good Italian year. channel Italia 1 that must be at least 10 years ago oh at, at least, least 10 years ago least, oh you yeah. nailed that one Gregor yeah thanks <laughs> Italian channel <laughs> Italia 1 <laughs> Broadcast, bro- broadcasts Excuse the movie me. in Christmas Eve nightfall. It does regularly get more than 10% of shares. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's a... Why is Italy loving this film so much? Yeah. This is a class film. I mean, yeah, it's good, but it does seem straight. Do they have it... Is it... Do we know if it's subtitled into Italian or if there is like an Italian dub? There must where be. Where it's a, actually yeah. incredibly famous Italian actors who did the dubbing for it. And so everyone's like, oh, of course. It's the film with Gianluigi... Vantaposki, and yeah. we all go, Oh, Dan Ezio Auditore La Florence. <laughs> the pair of them, it's the classic Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy dynamic. Yeah. I mean, those are funny guys. <laughs> I think it would be hard to make a film that wasn't funny, yeah, if you have Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Well, this is the thing is this, the, is this a movie after Ghostbusters? Because you said that oh. Eddie Murphy was meant to be in Dan Aykroyd's Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters, let me just show I think Ghostbusters came out after, and then he said, This is 1983. I think Ghostbusters was 84, wasn't it? Ghostbusters was 84. Yes, the year after. Yeah. Hi-yo! So, but this is... This hey, is you wanted my Ghostbusters movie? How Eddie Murphy. this one? This also is Eddie, set in New York. Yeah, this is Eddie Murphy at his peak uh, comedy genius. I think he was hosting Saturday You say like, that. You can't really watch his comedy now. It's very... Oh, it's very on, on the PC. Nose. Yeah. But that was the 80s. Drops the F-bomb a lot. It drops the N-word a lot. but the other one. Oh, about, yes. about homosexuals. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't want. He it's just all. Yo, I watched shop. Beverly Hills Cop the other day as well, and that is in that a lot as well. Like Jesus, yeah. that's that's yeah. rife with the yeah. the second. There's F-bomb. lots of stuff if you rewatch um, uh, things from not really that long ago. And you're yeah. like, whoa, oh shit, turns yeah. out that's not cool. Yeah, we laughed at a lot of un PC things. You know, <laughs> since the eighties as well, I feel like Eddie Murphy hasn't had his hasn't has lost his no, groove. He, he did lost. it. He did his like. I'm playing all the characters. Did you not see Pluto Nash? 
No. No, nobody did. No. You no. were quite right. I but saw like, the clumps. What yeah, it's called. the clumps and the Doctor Doolittles and the, the... Basically, he plays every character in the movie, which, to be fair, is a really good CGI move. Like, I've never seen anything like it. You know, when and the acting of having to act off yourself, but there's no one actually there yeah. because he's playing every character. Genius. It was actually really well thought of, mm-hmm. but shit movies. Mm. And I don't. I think that's really bombed him, and he's just not come up from that. He's, be- he's better. He's due be- for a come up. Well, he's better. <laughs> oh my! Come um, He he bounces well off other people. So this is the thing. I think with folk like Eddie Murphy, when he's in films with a good cast around him and a decent director mm-hmm. who lets him do the fast topic talking improv stuff as well. Yeah. But also, you know, you try and tie it to a decent plot. Yeah. Because things like Meet Dave and there you go. The, what the hell are those films about? Nobody knows. No. Whereas trading plays, you go right. We have our structure to hang it on, and then you've just got great scenes, yeah. sort of attached to it. Very well written. Um, John Landis, very well directed as well. The two again, this is one of those '80s films that has been so successful. It's almost kind of timeless until you see scenes in New York where you actually see the twin towers and whatnot. And you go, oh, actually, yeah. it's, it's a relic of that time. Um, and again, Murphy being at the top of his game. I don't think we'll ever see a, recur- uh, a recurrence of Eddie Murphy. His comedy was so dark and so uh, on the nose that it's, it won't exist today. Yeah. I hope so, though, because what the hell is he doing? He married Scary Spice, did he not? <laughs> or I think he impregnated he, he her impregnated and then her. decided, nope, that's Gave not my baby kid. baby and went, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that really must bad. have been What's he did? a while ago. Yeah, that, that was a while ago. Like the 90s, you know, 2000s. Still, I'm pretty, I think he's still doing films i think he's still doing films films. i mean he was in shrek (laughs) that's true which again doesn't hold up (laughs) does not hold up. shrek does hold up cgi wise it doesn't yeah story and comedy wise also keeps dropping the f-bomb you didn't see that first (laughs) (laughs) oh no apparently beverly hills cop 4 has been announced and he's in that oh they don't need a fourth one no it's like an indiana jones all over again so the last film he was in was a film called mr church and that was 2016. That was two years ago. Mr. Never Church heard of it. Did not, yeah, that one passed me by. The last one I remember him being in was from what IMDb saying is Tower Heist, which I never saw. Is that oh, not with John yeah. Boyega? Yeah, that was yeah. like a, was there not? No, no, no. no, no. no uh, Tower Heist. the block. Yeah, that's oh, Tower right. Block. Okay. Tower, Tower Heist. Heist. It was like an all-star cast, wasn't it? It was like yeah, a big ensemble. So it had Ben Stiller, Casey Affleck, Matthew Broderick. Bloody hell. Yeah, they're all kind of like the middle-aged men. Uh, well, slash, I guess they're all in there. 50s now 40s 50s directed um, by brett ratner and it's like a, a heist film i saw a trailer for it and it looked okay but that was 2011 that was one That's of the last films he did yeah oh jeez hell mm. yeah what has he been doing yeah nothing like working he's lost on his comedy. apparently actually i heard this on a podcast he's been seen around la doing stand-up again mm. in little clubs trying so his, maybe he's gonna try and get back being into comedy again. politically correct stand-up which uh, yeah it's gonna be hard how, for him. where do you where do you st- <laughs> like just briefly aside where do you guys stand on politically correct comedy as in stand-up comedy. i think if you can't be if you can't make fun of everything you can't make fun of anything yeah i mean it depends what you it depends what you mean by politically yeah i mean there's, there's a difference between like comedy and like hate being speech. hateful yeah yeah so for yeah. example blazing saddles hilarious comedy movie but very racist and very incredibly racist. incredibly racist but it's not racist in the but way it's not racist to be mean uh uh, black people. Well, Blazing Saddles in itself is a satire. It's yeah. about it's about 
However, how ridiculous racism is, and yeah. you shouldn't be racist because of this yeah. situation. The, the, the people it's making fun of are the, are the racists. racists. Yeah. yeah, but it couldn't be made this in this time because we people wouldn't see it that way. People would say, "Oh, you're just throwing the N word out all over the shop." It's you're taking the mick out of there being a black sheriff, and there never was a black sheriff. Well, Mel Brooks had directed that's faced more backlash with um, the producers in Springtime for Hitler because it was a it was a musical about Hitler. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a satire. People were up in arms because Hitler was featuring as a main character yeah. in a show on Broadway. Good songs, though. Very. Good but that's song. that's what I that's what I'm worried about is that comedy might have a bit of a hit now because you, people will just. I, go I think no, I don't think people are uh, like if you're funny enough then. You can say a lot of stuff. I think we live in a, a. I don't. I don't. I don't see the. We're too sensitive. I think in this day and age. How could you say that to me? How <laughs> dare you, Did you say just that? To assume me? my sensitivity. Do you know that? Do you know the <laughs> argument surrounding everyone right now towards the Pogues is. Um, uh, oh, Christmas! Uh, Christmas! A fairy tale in fairy New York. Tale New York. Do you know the the oh, controversy about banning about this, it? Yeah. About they're they either banning or censoring it because really? of the word that the second F word in it. Oh right. Yeah, you cheap, lousy faggot. Happy Christmas in your ass. Well, yes. I'll pray God it's in your ass. Yes, correct. That one. That one. So that, but, I mean, do you know there's yeah. another Christmas song? I don't think it's that, actually going to get. There's another no. Christmas song that they're looking to ban, uh, which is Baby It's Cold Outside. It's been branded, huh? Only in Chicago. So it's been branded a date rape song. Oh, I mean, I if because, you listen to the lyrics. Oh, well, yeah. I remember totally. the, like, the first or second time I heard that being like, I really can't stay. So, it's cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. You, gotta, you should probably stay. Oh dear. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah. trading places. Yeah. yeah sorry. Good trading movie. Places. Yeah. yeah. Trading places. Good it's film. A thumbs up for big this recommendation. Guy. Good funny comedy. Moving on to our next film, which is probably the most popular Christmas film we've got on this list. Um, I know a lot of people that say this is their favorite Christmas there film. Were, yeah, there was a few years ago where there was a big trend of people. Going, oh, you like Christmas films? Well, I'll tell you what the best Christmas film is, and now everyone says it. But that doesn't. There mean it's was not great. before we. What's the word? Reveal? Reveal, yeah. <laughs> English. I don't read. Um, no, before don't. we reveal the name of the movie, there was a poll on Twitter from Sky Movies that was saying, be a part of the poll. Is this a Christmas movie? And I was like, I'm not going to vote on this because I know it's a Christmas movie and people that say no are wrong. And then I looked at it anyway, Yeah. just for curiosity. 56% said yes. So doesn't seem that many. No. I was really surprised. But maybe that's because People who think this is a Christmas movie just go, yeah, it is. I'm not going to vote for that. Fair. The film we are, in fact, talking about is Die Hard. What 19, a movie. 1988 Die Hard. Directed by John Mother McTiernan. Flipper. Starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, and Bonnie Bedelia. Bedelia? <laughs> yeah, Prince Charming. Got him. Bonnie Prince Charlie is one of the uh, yeah. uh, guys who's uh, taken captive. At, Mark uh, me. I will... Kill John McClane. Based on the book of the same name. John McTiernan's action flick contains the best office Christmas party sequence in movie history, given that the entire film is one extended office Christmas party from hell, as a band of German money-loving terrorists square off against a scruffy New York cop, played by Bruce Willis, nursing a bad hangover and bleeding feet. He's a real blue-collar man. It's oh, basically yeah. Cam. It's the Cam, yeah. Cam based. The reason Cam is a cop is because of John McClane. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was wearing those vests anyway. He thought, yeah. I've got to find an excuse for <laughs> this, this movie. To be acceptable. This movie has all it has Carl Winslow from Family Matters, the black guy who's really good for computers. Uh, uh, the Dick Principal from The Breakfast Club. Is he the boss? Of course. No, he's the cop. Yeah, he's the, he's he's the, the guy, guy running the show outside. Like, uh, I'm here to take over. Johnson. No, that's not the, the two FBI's. Neither Johnson yep. nor Johnson. Johnson, non Johnson. 
the like the Carl Winslow's captain, I guess. Yeah, his captain that comes up and shows up and tries to take over the police situation outside. And then he sends the guys in. And it don't go and well. It doesn't work. You've also got Argyle, the limo driver, blasting Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis. What a song! And what Alan Rickman making his film debut, everybody, as the mash top, uh, mash mash top, mustache twirling mm-hmm. villain. Now I've got a machine gun. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, fuckers! Oh yeah. my god! Yes, Hans Gruber. I can't believe this is his debut acting career. That yeah. is crazy, actually. Yeah, right? He was, what, 45 or I something? I think he was in his 40s. Yeah. I mean, this must have just be his cinematic debut. Like, he I think he did a lot of... Previously. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he, he might have done rocked a... up on set. This like, was his oh. first film. He seems like he seems like a West End-type actor. Like, he was on yeah. stage a lot. I think something that the Die Hard series in general has going for it is um, they tend to have quite fun villains... Like guys who just come in and are like, I'm gonna totally chew the scenery, yeah. go a bit mad. <laughs> chew the scenery. That's my favorite phrase. Yeah, I use I it all know. the time. Um, so the likes of Hans Gruber, and then in the next movie, it's Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, as... who is also very German. Mm. You killed yeah. my brother. Th- there is some definite, like, weird neo Nazi yeah. German. The Germans vibes were in the this. bad guys again. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> or the Russians. But no, they were just trying to make bank, you guys. It was yeah. fine. This was the good old days when terrorists were just after money rather than terror. Also, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's like one of those 80s tropes. Like, the, the, you're living in uh, any film in the 80s that's an action for there is either a, um, a conspiracy against the Russian communists uh, or a heist movie where people are just nicking money. So the Nakato- Nakatomi Tower? <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Tower. Plaza. Yeah. Is know- that a bank? What, no, no, so the Nakatomi Plaza is, I think the Nakatomi company that John McClane's wife works for is like a... Because they have a very, very big vault. It's like a property <laughs> investment company. I think like they have like okay. real estate. It's like Trump. I think it's like Trump Industries or whatever Trump owns where they like bring up big hotels all across the way. We fact about the Nakatomi Tower though in the film it's actually the headquarters of 20th Century Fox. Hmm. The company charged itself rent for people to use uh, the then unfinished building while they were filming it. That's oh, yeah. So they filmed clever. in the unfinished building part. Yeah. For the, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, fun fact, Brooklyn Nine-Nine go there as well. And, Do they? Uh, Andy Samberg goes mental. And he's like, oh, this is the part that this happens in the movie. Take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where John McClane says, welcome to the party, pal. Take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, again, this is a, this is full of just like one-liners, references yeah. that harken back to better Christmas films. Very, yeah. very good film. I love this film. I and th- I think because of the age that I watched it at originally, and you take a lot from when you're younger. You you know you're like, oh, he does that. Maybe I should yeah start carrying a gun and wear vests. I don't know, but I you know the whole fists with your feet thing that he gets told in the airplane. If you ever feel stressed, make fists with your oh, feet. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I do that now because of that movie, and it totally worked. I love making fists with my toes. On the carpet. I've noticed you do it a lot. Do you get stressed a lot when you're recording? Yeah, man. Oh, this is the pressure Super of podcasting. Fair. Um, Fun fact. I'll just jump in unless yeah. you've got it already. No, uh, the vent scene. Have you have that? Do you have that written down? I don't have it written down, so but I know what he says. The vent scene is regarded as the top best voted gay scene for... Uh, gay what's, what's the actor called? Where are you going What's his name? This? John McClane. John McClane. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh-huh. So voted. I don't know where this is voted from, but it's like the top scene for like men to enjoy another man in a movie because he's all sweaty and in his vest and he's like, 
come to the LA, up a, come cr- to the bar, have a crawling, couple laughs. Crawling up a narrow pipe. Yeah. <laughs> God. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah, well done, Greg. Why is it? Come to the coast, uh, have a laugh. Yeah, a uh, welcome to the party, have a few, uh, open a beer, have a few laughs. Yeah, that scene was voted. Now I know top, what a TV dinner feels like. Top gay scene or something. Wow. So uh, the line... Obviously, that, obviously I apologize if that offends anyone, but you may have I don't offended know how to... Very, how to very, very, very I didn't know people. how to say that. The line, yippee Kaye, motherfucker is used in all... F- oh, there's five Die Hard films. Five Die Hard films? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, this one, you've got Die Hard 2, Die Harder. You've got Die Hard with a Vengeance. Should be Die Hardest, if you're Die Hardest. <laughs> die Keep Hard. the theme going, guys. Die Hard 4.0. Does that have a subtitle? Uh, no, that's no, just, just 4.0. 4. 4. It was 4.0 because it was digital, wasn't it? There was like digital yeah. terrorism uh, okay. going yeah. on. Yeah, and then is you got A Good Day to Die Hard. That's the last one. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. I wonder end. if he says that. So the yeah. line yippee motherfucker is voted the number 60, no, sorry, 96th greatest movie lines of all time by Premiere. Only nine, 96 out of what? 100. Oh, 100. Yeah. The 96th. Oh, I, mean, I, would the top, there. I mean, there's a lot of movies. Say hello to my little friend. That's up there. Must be. I'm sure it is. Yeah, that's, that's um, a different film though. No, I know. I'm just trying to pick one. Is that also I a, would... Also, is that a Christmas film? There's lots of snow. Oh, hey, cocaine! Another Clapton classic. I'm on it. Anecdote. I'm on it. This, I'm on it today, boys. Don't worry. Um, yeah, Die Hard is incredible. Die so th- this is Christmas. Uh, Die Hard Two is Christmas as well, isn't it? Die Hard he's Two flying is home for Christmas. She's flying home for Christmas. Yeah. He's picking. Her, he's picking his wife up from the airport at uh, Dallas. There we at, go. So what? What's Dallas? Is that Philadelphia? Dallas. Dallas Airport. Washington DC. Washington, D.C. Thanks, Cam. You're eating some quality streets there. Some quality oh, you are making an impact on the quality streets. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungover. He's tender. He needs to be restocked with yeah. sugar. Oh, so I'm you can argue, are, are we back-to-back montage of Die Hard 1 and 2, both Christmas movies? They are both Christmas yeah. And they're both great. They are both really. Is, is the second one with Samuel Jackson? Yes. Yeah. Where they have Sam- to no, 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 that's the third one. No, that's the third one. That's, the third oh, one. Okay. that's, that's not, also sorry. a good one. That's not Christmas film. But that's not no, Christmas. that's not Christmas because that's them running around in the sunshine. Yeah, that's that, the that Simon film Says literally one. starts yeah. off with uh, the. That's, that's Jeremy Irons. That's Jeremy Irons. Yeah, that's Kranz yeah. Gruber's brother. The second one is the, the, the army Russian guys. Yeah, that has no relation to each other. Yeah. They're using fake bullets. So the Alan Rittman. The Alan Rittman. Gasp. The Alan Rittman feature we pointed here. This was the feature film debut of Alan Rittman, who had previously only appeared on stage and on British TV. Rickman was 41 at the time. Bloody hell. As such, he was nervous about how his first Hollywood role would go, but his outstanding success as Hans Gruber secured a lucrative career in the American film industry. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he, he is. played he a is, very good bad guy. He is fantastic. He does sort of brooding, I know more than you, villain very well. It basically, if you saw, if you only ever saw Die Hard <laughs> and then the Harry Potter series, you'd go, Oh yeah, it's Gruber. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a wizard. <laughs> a, l- a little a little fact as well about how this film Potter. This yeah, film no. the film we almost got instead of Die Hard. So this is based on the book um called Nothing Lasts Forever. Have you read that? I've Mr. Not, Otter. Die Hard is based on a book. Yeah. It has lowered in my expectations. Jesus Christ, Rory. <laughs> so I, to be fair, I because the film is so iconic, I cannot picture how it works as a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he stands on some glass and he's having to run <laughs> along with his and little bare feet. he says, <laughs> I thought, obviously, a lot of this, a lot of this was ad-libbed and improvised due to the, ad, like, um, um, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman being so good at what they do. Um, Clint Eastwood originally owned the rights to the novel Nothing Lasts Forever on which the film is based and planned to star in this film himself as John McClane in the early 1980s before it was bought back by of 20th Century Of course he did. I don't think that would have been... So, can you big. imagine Clint Eastwood as no. John McClane? No. No. 
He's not a blue-collared, ragtag cop trying to bring down some Germans. Alan Rickman <laughs> nearly passed up on the role of Hans Gruber because he thought it was too early in his career. He had only arrived <laughs> at 41. <laughs> he, he had only arrived in Hollywood two days earlier and was appalled by the idea of his first role being the villain in an action film. To a degree, Rickman was right to be concerned considering his performance as Hans Gruber was so hailed that the actor had to struggle being typecast as a player of villains in his career. Totally. It's his own fault for being good at acting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, him as the sheriff of Nottingham is brilliant. Like, That's he great. makes that film. Yeah, yeah. but he's also... As, he That's was a piss in, take. He was in um, is is it it Sense and Sensibility or Pride and that Prejudice. One of them as one of the dashing young oh, chaps. Although, I suppose not I that. I don't young. watch have also been in 48 his or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great film, though. I love Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard's the best. It's amazing. It's a great Christmas film. It will, Excuse me. It will be watched before Christmas. Christmas morning. Oh, yes. Get it on, kids. Get it on, kids. Make fists with your toes. You'll feel better. If you're feeling stressed about what <laughs> yes. you've been given, or if you <laughs> haven't bought all your presents yet, just make fists with your toes. <laughs> then all will be good. Yeah. But make sure to wear shoes, because who knows when glass will be smashed on the ground. That is a good life lesson, actually. But protect, very big life protect lesson. Protect your feet, guys. I watched Home Alone last night, and he takes his shoes off at one point. Oh, and, and he steps on a nail. He does step on a nail, and then he steps on some Christmas decorations. Yes, he does, yeah. Yeah, and so. then also some toy cars. Yeah, he stands on a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> he would be dead a lot. Oh yeah, the death several, in that movie. There are oh, several he fucks grievous his feet up in that, yeah. that film. I mean, at the end of the at the he end of the film, he comes out. The end of the film, he comes out, and then some paint tins, and then they fall. They, they get swung. What's the big black thing? Is that a cannon? No, it's some weird metal bar. It's Quang. like a big black metal bar. Like, you're, you're thinking he swings down from the staircase. That's the second one. All right, second one. Right, anyway, we're moving on. Uh, the, next, sake, the next film we've got on the list isn't kind of isn't really a film. It's a feature-length episode of Black Mirror entitled White Christmas. Did you guys watch this? No. Do you know why? why? I don't watch Black Mirror anymore because it makes me feel uncomfortable. It is That's the point. I, think I hate it. That 100% is the point of Black Mirror. The last one I watched was the, like, swipe... The rape, Tinder episode. The rape me one. Yeah, that's like the Tinder episode like, one. Give me, yeah, yeah give where me you can only socialize star. with people if you're of the yeah. right Oh, that's the Bryce Dallas Howard, where she needs to get to the wedding. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the not not as good ones. Did you see the one? Oh, no, no. It was the one where the guy gets a video game, in, a horror game in the chip in his head, but he's actually dead the whole time. Oh. And like, Spoilers. He, he goes through this horrible horror thing because he meets this chick when he's like traveling from America to Europe. And then, like, it actually finds out that he didn't switch his phone off. His mum called him, and he died. Oh. And I was like, no, I hate these things. Never switching it on again. Did you see the one with the wee boy? Uh, he gets, like, a computer virus through, and the, the people controlling the virus are like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to get robbed. And he's blackmailed through it, and then the ending to it. Oh, you need to watch well, that one. That one, that one's, that no. one basically, he finds out. But basically, he's on his computer, and you think he's been watching porn, and has been caught on his computer whacking off. So he gets blackmailed throughout the whole episode to go and do these things. And while he's doing it, he meets other people that have been blackmailed to do silly things as well. But a lot of these people have done horrible things, like cheated on their spouses, uh, had secret affairs, have been shoplifting, and been caught on camera doing it. They're also getting blackmailed. You think this kid is getting blackmailed, and all he's really been caught doing is masturbating. But there's a huge twist at the end. And if you go back and watch it a second time, oh my god, he probably deserves it. Oh yeah, nope. The um, <laughs> the the episode that always sticks in my memory is the one where the prime minister has sex with a pig. Well, that's that's like episode one. one. So yeah. unrealistic, you guys. Can yeah. you imagine? I know. Ah, ah, he did it. He made a comic because Cameron Willy and a, a pig corpse. Good old David Hammerin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, the the episode we're talking about is White Christmas. 
Um, this came after, I think, the end of season two. Is this the one with uh, your man from Mad Men? So yeah, this features John, John Hamm, Hamm, the manliest man. John, John Hamm is John so Hamm. handsome. Rafe Spall. So Rafe Spall's a really good actor. He's one of the Andes in uh, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, the Andes. I forgot and about Una Chapman, yeah. the granddaughter of Charlie Chapman. Chapman, Una Ch- or Chaplin? Chaplin, even. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We've had a whole <laughs> coffee today. Um, IMDb had rated this at 9.2. So it's a very high rated oh, yeah. episode. I TV episodes get higher ratings in films on average, though. Don't they? Um, so this was, again, written like all these episodes are by Charlie Brooker and directed by Carl Tibbetts. Um, synopsis here. Black Manor's 2014 seasonal special is almost feature length. So we think it deserves a spot here on our list. In a departure from the series' regular episodes, it consists of three um, separate tales, all weaving together to form one overall Uber story, starring Race Ball and Mad Men's John Hamm. If you're familiar with the fan uh, and are a fan of Black Mirror's technology is actually a bad theme, you'll find plenty of that uh, on Feast here, as it takes aim at augmented reality and its potential uses for pickup artists, smart home gadgets, digital copies of human consciousness, and ability to block people in real life. Merry Christmas, tech fans! It's a it's a laugh a minute again. Is this what these? Um, it sounds like something I don't want to watch. So it yeah. starts. It starts. <laughs> There's with one bit where he's got like he can see through the guy's eyes, and he's giving him. Yes, he's instructing he's him like what to do on a date. How to pick up? How to pick up a girl on a date? Yeah. But it starts with Rafe Spall waking up in a cabin in the middle yes. of nowhere, and it's snowing outside. And in the cabin, it's just him and John Hamm. John Hamm is. I mean, that's the dream. I mean, right? That is the dream. Wake up in an isolated cabin, just you and John Hamm. John Hamm. A couple old fashions. That manliest man. <laughs> <laughs> And John Hamm, <laughs> it's Christmas Day, and John Hamm is making a Christmas dinner for the two of them. And you don't know why they're in what this cabin treat. together. Oh, man. No, what a I'm guy. So just doing it. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, episode right. starts off with a great little, oh, what a lovely so little couple they are. Seriously, if you just cut this at like sort of the minute and a half mark, it would be the best Christmas advert ever. <laughs> just wake up <laughs> just and John two, Hamm is in your two cabin. Two men in a cabin. Yeah, they just, just him making Christmas yeah. lunch. What a legend. <laughs> so it starts with that, and you don't understand really why the two of them are there, but John Hamm proceeds to tell Ray Spall his story about why he is here. And the story is, you're right, Gregor, he's a pickup. Well, basically, John Hamm is a pickup artist. He's like Hitch. He basically has this technology where he can put, well, people hire him (laughs) and they put like contact lenses in their eyes that can record what they're doing. And he instructs guys like that how to pick up girls on nights out. And it follows this guy as Christmas do. And this is basically the movie Hitch. Kind of, but dark, (laughs) super dark. John Hamm teaches basically him how to pick up a girl. Um, it's all going smoothly till you realize he's actually selling the footage of what he's doing to other people on the black market that can view what he's up to so they can get like a free sex show at the end of it. And then oh, when, so he doesn't take the thing out of his no, eye. What an idiot. But when, they're, when, they, when they do start having sex, huge kind of twist in the story, she ends up bringing out a knife and killing him. Oh, snap. And John Hamm, like, is... <laughs> oh, Cam, Cam just Cam, awoke. Cam's concerned. <laughs> like, where do you hide the knife? You don't Under the know. pillow. It's weird. Like, like it's the girl halfway through, it's, who's was pretty odd during the pickup scene. This is only like the first 20 minutes of the episode. She uh, seems to think that they both want to have some sort of odd suicide pact that he interprets wrongly. And yeah, she ends up killing both of them. John, she kills John herself. Hab gives bad advice. Real bad advice. Rafe Spout. No, not Rafe Spout. Who's the actor who plays this little segment? He's a little... He's a wee thin whippet of a Oh, uh, yeah. He's I can't remember his name. He looks, like, he looks like one of the guys from the 118 adverts. QYLB, one of the guys from Woman, <laughs> got your number. So does she yeah. kill herself after killing the man? Yeah, anyway, the whole point of this is this is John Hamm's story about how he ended up in the weird cabin in the middle of nowhere everyone's snowing outside. 
and because he did that by accident yeah Rafe Spall's horrified by this but he then Rafe Spall goes into well this is why I'm here and Rafe Spall tells his story and his story is all about um oh no wait there's a middle section to this sorry that was that's John Hamm's day uh, night job he moonlights as a guy that picks up people his day job is basically reprogramming people's consciousnesses and putting them into their houses to be smart houses but it means basically oh it's like that Johnny Depp movie yeah where he dies but downloads his consciousness into uh, yeah, you're right. computer. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that exact one. So it's like almost like, you know, the little Google hubs you get now in your yeah. house. It's supposed to be a commentary on those or things. Where mm. You can put your own consciousness in one of those. I wouldn't want me running imagine, the house. Imagine. I'm inept at it as it is. But so don't let me. The imagine flip. if we downloaded dad's consciousness when he died to a home hub. The flip side. Alan, what's the weather like? I don't know. It's cold. <laughs> The flip side of this is Merry Christmas. To, do- <laughs> yeah. to download your consciousness in it, you need to actually put your legit consciousness in there and it's trapped forever and ever. Spooky. Are you aware of this? The blanket. Oh, <laughs> the blanket. Yeah, he wants wants a blanket. blanket. Give yeah, him the blanket, Jamie. Have your blankie. Anyway, um, Una Chaplin plays the girl that wants her house to be smart housed. So they download her consciousness into this little Google Hub thing. Yeah. And what you are saying is once you downloaded that, your consciousness is then trapped in there forever. Um, but that's what John Hamm's day job is, is to basically download your consciousness and trap it there. Then He's a good guy. He's a real good egg. And that follows on to why Ray Spall's there. Ray Spall's there because uh, he has a massive fallout with his ex-wife, uh, who then blocks him in real life. And when his wife ends up having a kid, you can't see the kid. And it's all really dark. Yes. But he also He's like the, a blurry figure. Yeah, and it ends in a huge twist where he actually committed a murder. And that's why he's there. John Hamm. And John Hamm is actually... No, Ray John, Span, John, John Hamm has been hired by the cops to trap Ray Spall's consciousness in a little Google Hub home thing to get a confession out of him. Big twist. It's a real Very dark. fun time. This, this is, is why not, I don't like yeah. Black Mirror. This is a dark, yeah. dark, dark like, take oh, on the look, Christmas it's thing. called White Christmas. That sounds like a... Gr- nope. Now I feel sad. Should we call yeah. Black Christmas? Oh, good one. Yeah, good one, Jamie. Yeah. 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 Would I mean, you, all do Black you recommend? Christmas. Super recommend if you want something completely it's different. Not it's, not, it's not a lighthearted <laughs> one. Um, I watched, Definitely yeah, it, as Black Mirror episodes go, it's the best Black Mirror episode. Okay. It's almost an hour and a half long. Wow. Um, I heard one of the best ones was a dog one. Uh, yeah, that's the black and white one. Robot dogs. Yeah, robot dog. Um, no, this is definitely the best Black Mirror episode after the, in the four seasons they've had. If you want something very, very cynical and... Is it almost like a bottleneck episode? Yeah, kind yeah. of. It's the Christmas special, so it's out with the actual series. Um, and they've not done a Christmas special since. It shows how successful it was, probably. I mean, the most important thing is John Ham. Yeah. Luke Super Graham. handsome totally. ham. Handsome ham. Rum ham. Rum ham. So, yeah, Black oh, Mirror. We should make a like rum ham cam. Oh, rum ham? Me and Cam making rum ham in the flat in a slow cooker. Me and Cam's. Cam's rum ham. Mm, ham. That's for all those <laughs> listeners who tune in for the... <laughs> At least once an episode, <laughs> Rory's I break out song. into song. <laughs> All right, that's Black uh, Black Mirror. That's just Christmas. lifting the mood again post Black Mirror discussion know. because uh. you know. film number seven on the list, and this is a special mention because Rory was so adamant that a couple weeks ago this was one of his favorite Christmas films. It's Chicken Run. Yes, Yay, not boy. not a Christmas film, but a film I watch during the Christmas period. It feels kind of like it, um, once you said it. Because it's it not. This was not. This was. This was for cr- movies based on Christmas, but not Christmas films. This is a film that is shown on Christmas, but is not a Christmas film. So this came out in two thousand. It was 
directed by Peter Lord. Two thousand, bloody hell! Directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park of Wallace and Gromit, it's almost ten yeah. years ago. Ardman Animations and stars Mel Gibson, Julia. Oh, how do you say that surname? Swahili. Uh, yeah. Sawala. Sawala. There you go. Didn't butcher that. And Phil Daniels. Who is Phil Daniels? Phil Daniels. Is not Paul Daniels, the magician, who's no. who you're thinking of. Um, you don't know him, Rory. I've just Googled him. He is in Not Things I've Watched. Okay. Excellent. Good. Good. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of the um, <laughs> the chickens are played by uh, women whose faces I recognize, but not necessarily their names. But okay. you've also got people like um, uh, Miranda Richardson is in it, I think. Timothy, uh, seven out of ten on IMDb. Timothy, yeah, Timothy Spall. Only a seven. Yeah. Timothy Spall's in it, yeah. Spall. Um, oh, I Phil Daniels. I know Phil Daniels. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. It's a good. It's a. It's a good oh, cast. Man. But it's also. It's a very good cast. The, the Rat Man from Harry Potter. Yeah, Timothy, Timothy Spall. Spall. Yeah. Yeah. We just said that. I know. I was just looking up who that was. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. He's a famous actor. He's the Rat Man who watched his small boy grow up. So a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Turns out he was a man all the along. The adventures so, of Scabbers the Rat. Small, small synopsis for Chicken Run. Homage to The Great Escape with Chickens, made by the incomparable Ardman Animation Studios. It tells the story of hens laying eggs, kept in a high-security compound who discover that they are going to be turned into meat pies by the nefarious Mrs. Tweedy. Mrs. Tweedy. Mrs. Tweedy. Mrs. Tweedy. Mr. Tweedy. Have you found our chickens? They've escaped. And, oh, God, it reminds me of all that time he used to spend in the north of England. Boo. Um, and so plan to escape with the help of a cockerel um, named Rocky, played by Mel Gibson. Um, really good romp and great, great kind of uh, parody to The Great Escape, which is one of those great Christmas films as well. I mean, it has nothing to do with Christmas, but it's one of those films that's always on at Christmas. 100%. Yeah. It's uh, a massive parody slash tribute to The Great Escape. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think it's more, it's more tribute than oh anything else. Because there's a character in this called Bunty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the big brown one. Yeah. Bunty. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Oh, uh, because like it was one of those things at uni where like people just used to call her Bunty all the time. Remember right. Bunty? Yeah, I do. Um, anyway, doesn't have quite <laughs> such a visceral reaction for me. So, but um, you've you've noted because Gregor, you made these uh, these notes here. Memorable characters. Yeah, it's like the like the cast of chickens: Ginger, <laughs> Mac, Bunty, Mac, uh, Mac. Oh, well, they're all parodies on actual characters from The Great Escape. Yeah. Yeah. So Ginger. Mac is the Scottish one. Yeah. Ginger plays the Steve McQueen character, the Cooler King, yeah. where she spends all her time in. Trying in, to get out. Yeah. Trying to get out. And what she throw? Coming up. She throws cabbage balls, I think. Uh, or no, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christmas. Christmas. Brussels sprouts. Um, and she always tries to figure out different ways to get out of the chicken pen. The black marketeer rats, Nick and F- Fletcher. Oh, yeah. 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 Who are the, basically the Cockney, uh, yeah. Nick and Fletcher. Nick and Fletcher. Yeah, help you get out. <laughs> they are basically um, uh, the guy from Dad's Army who was involved yeah. in Was he called Fletch? Yeah, Fletch. Fletcher. Be, that yeah. might be why it's yeah. the um, Nick and Fletcher. So this, has got, th- this makes reference to The Great Escape, but also Cold It's. Yeah. What you put here? Well, the the reference was to um, really when they tried to <laughs> so genuine attempt to escape from uh, Castle Colditz. Um, so the events of the Great Escape. You know how basically the end of the Great Escape 
almost all of them get recaptured. Yeah. Yeah. And only a certain few. Yeah. So hardly any of them. The Italian guy escapes, I think. Yeah. Spanish guy. So in the real world, that escape attempt led to a bunch of POWs getting executed and a bunch more of them getting sent to Castle Colditz. Oh, shit. Um, and so to keep morale up, uh, the brainchild of one of the higher officers who was in there uh, was to, uh, up in the roof space of Castle Colditz. It was out of the sight of the German towers. Yeah. And so they were going to build a glider up there and a ramp sort of down the roof. This is all a true story. And to try and get out. I can't remember. What is the, the glider was named? Um, it might have been called uh, Cocky? No I way. I don't know what it was called. No, I don't know what it was called. Possibly Cocky. It's, it's, yeah. it's uh, I think it might be in the notes somewhere. But um, uh, so that is why it would be a, a cockerel. It is uh, hen related in some way, the name. Yeah. Um, so this was a real attack. Yeah, this cold, one actually the cold its, its cock. The cold its cock. There we go. So um, Lol. this idea of <laughs> escaping out of a POW camp by using a glider um, is from the real the real. That's world. crazy. I didn't know that. Didn't know that. That's How did they hard. build that? Sense. Yeah, no, it's an amazing construction. It never actually flew. I think Colditz was liberated before they actually yeah. attempted to. Colditz was crazy yeah. to get the, out of there. They've did got you images of what it should have looked like? Here's a weird one. There was a PlayStation Two game, I think, that was about the Great Escape, and I think Dad bought it for us one Christmas when we were teenagers, young. And there's a whole chapter at the beginning where you play Mac, the Scottish character, who gets incarcerated in Colditz before he ends up in the actual POW camp with uh, Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah, you have to get out of Colditz. Yeah, and I think they have, like, you play missions where you've got to steal wood and stuff for this glider. There's a board game called Escape from Colditz. Is that? Ah! Yeah, I've seen that. You're each, like, control characters who are trying to, like, get your your team Well, but the the weirdest part of it is I think that one of you has to play as the Nazi guards. (laughs) (laughs) So one of you is like, I win, but I guess I win by stopping you all escaping. So that's kind of shit. You've got, you've got, uh, facts here. This film grossed over 224 million. Yeah. The highest grossing stop motion animation of all time. That's crazy. Or it was at least when it when came it came out. out yeah. Um, what yeah. else has come out known, since then? Known more for its Wallace and Gromit. Did the Armin Animation Studios yeah. not burn down? A yeah, lot, they had ago. a big accident recently. A big accident yeah. like a few years ago where they lost and they lost lots of the old like clay Wallace models from stuff. lots of the, yeah. the, the classic films. Yeah, yeah. Which any, any of the Wallace and Gromit films you could put in as a classic Christmas. One hundred percent. The Ron Trousers. They went to yeah. They went to space. Oh, that's, uh, the, that's the first one. Because they yeah. ran out of cheese, and then yeah. the movie's made of cheese. So we'll <laughs> and then they're on, they're on trousers, which is the one with the penguin, uh, who's like a, oh, an yeah. art thief. It's <laughs> so <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> the also art great. thief penguin. But yeah, check it out. Great film, actually. I would love to watch that this year again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. When you think about the process of making them, the Aardman animations... Oh, would have taken eight. Yeah. It, they are incredibly labor-intensive. They like, look, But they look great. It's like eight hours of work is five minutes of yeah. screen time. Yeah. Uh, it's possibly crazy. even less than that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Which is why, but that's why I think things like that hold up better than things with CGI because it's all is essentially practical effect because you've yeah. got clay models. So I think something like Chicken Run you could watch today and be like, still good. This still yeah. looks great. As as a side note, one of my favorite Instagram channels to follow right now is called the Tiny Chef Show. Why? And it follows this little tiny chef made out of stock who's like made out of clay. And it's stop motion, and he makes like all these little dishes and sings like popular songs, but like mind, but like hums them. And he like what? And it's how big is this little chef? It, uh, I'll show you. Does um, he like pick up a whole onion and struggle with it? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> is it, he named after the that's, uh, that's him. chain of <laughs> oh my God, um, that's creepy. failed roadside restaurant? I didn't restaurants. expect him to be Greek. Uh, little chef. Yeah. Uh, no, 
But this guy, this guy is a class act. And if you want some funny stuff to watch, I might watch that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't understand, we're watching the Tiny Chef show on my phone right now. Put your microphone up to the. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the time the show. You hums a bunch of uh, Christmas songs. <laughs> Very strange. Stop motion at its finest. Oh, uh, does that? That must take ages to do. Exactly, that's so, the point I'm trying to make. It must. I mean, that's to think not about, a weekly video thing. No, yeah, once a week. Bloody hell! They bring, yeah, they bring yeah. out one once a week. But it the, takes a week to make that <laughs> yeah, thirty will, second. For clip. that thirty second video, it must take so long for one person to do. Chicken Run came out in two thousand. Stop motion. Oh, Cam's watching it next to me. <laughs> 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 Something to watch when you're hungover. Look at this yeah. wee laddie. Uh, uh, he's all wrapped oh, up he's very in the fetal position. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, good. Yeah. Shall we get your domino right. soon? Yeah, we'll get your so, domino So, uh, storyline of Chicken Run then. What happens? Well, yeah, so what happens is the, the hens are laying eggs nonstop and Mrs. Tweedy quickly finds out that it's more lucrative to turn her chickens into pies. Yeah, she sees an advert in a magazine or something and she says it could turn it into a just a production facility. just Of chicken pies. Yeah. yeah. Where... I'm pretty sure pro- chickens produce more eggs than they do chickens. Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> but this is based unless somewhere... You, unless you get a rooster involved. This is based somewhere in the north east of England where they're mad about pies. Anyway, so... Yeah. Don't want to be a pie. I don't anyway, want to be she a decides pie. to invest in this don't huge like machine. Gravy. This huge machine that takes ages to build. <laughs> no, that's uh, Babs. 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 Yeah. She invests yeah. in a machine <laughs> that takes ages to build um, that'll end up turning the, the chickens into pies. So while the, the machine's getting built, Ginger, who tries to escape the, the, the farm once a week, basically convinces all the other chickens that we need to get out of here or we're going to get turned to pies. Yeah. At the same time, an American rooster ends up falling into the chicken coop. Bloody American played by rooster. An American rooster, played <laughs> by an American. An American man. Mel Gibson. Hey, hey, gown. Who, he channels an American, but has also got a lot of, it's got a lot of Braveheart references because yeah, we're trying to get weird. the freedom. Yeah. Um, and he crash lands into the chicken coop and quickly convinces the chickens that as a rooster he can fly. Yeah. So he can he can teach them all but how to fly. He's his wing. He's hurt his wing, so he can't fly right now, guys. My arm. But uh, I'll show you how to do it. I'll show you how to fly. And once you uh, get out of this pen, once he's taken no in, worries. once he's taken in with the chickens, he convinces them. I'll teach them how to do it. Once my wings better, that gets better. He's found out. Uh oh. So they have to make their own flying machine to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and spoiler it's big, alert. They just dig a hole, like. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, they don't. Good film, though. Very good film. Very Funny good film. film. Teamwork makes the dream work. They get out together. They and do. they do they live wild in a sort of in a magical yeah. place. Probably oh, yeah, get eaten yeah. by a fox yeah. later on. And the, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, some, yeah, the some, postscript <laughs> of the film is yeah. actually pretty brutal. Some We're watership out. down. Oh, wait. It was actually safer in the cage. Some <laughs> watership down type stuff happens after that. Oh, oh man. That's so grim. <laughs> So our shall we move on to our final Christmas film? Final of Christmas the list? film, the yeah. best of the Christmas films. I would say probably my say favorite it. of the Christmas films. Other here. than maybe Die Hard, a bit creepy. This one, it's Batman Returns. Bum bum bum. No expense has been spared. We've got Danny Elfman in um, <laughs> and he's just done a live reprisal of uh, the theme uh, from Batman Returns. So Batman Whoa. Returns came out in 1992, everybody. It was directed by Tim Burton, his second outing as the Batman director following Batman 1989 and stars Michael Keaton as Batman, Diane DeVito as the Penguin so and good. Oh. 
Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Also and good. someone who needs to be credited here, Christoph, not Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Um, Are you okay today, Jamie? No, I'm, I'm a bit tired. You've got it written down. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but reading doesn't make it easier for Jamie. And we know this. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. As Max Shrek. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey. I like pineapples. <laughs> they, they're too much. It's too much. For the citrus inside them. However, they still taste good. All right. That's actually okay, pretty that's solid. Not bad, actually. Yeah, that's he likes to just stop mid sentence. <laughs> you had me there. More cowbell. <laughs> cowbell. Don't. I got a fever. <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Batman Returns, released in 1992. This was released three years after Tim Burton's first outing as Batman director. Um, but he had no interest in returning um, without having a uh, complete creative oversight for the sequel, really? which is why this film is. Way creepier yeah. and way more Tim Burton-esque. Yes. It is, it is Tim Burton this is turned when, up to... This is when Batman yeah. gets nuts. That that great scene where he's actually Bruce Wayne, not Batman, and goes, you want to get nuts? Let's yeah. get nuts! <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> he tries to fight someone. Oh, God. So it was only when Burton was given complete and creative freedom... Was he in a turtleneck or something? Yeah, he's in a turtleneck, yeah, yeah. like knitted jumper. <laughs> so it was only once Burton was given creative freedom over the script that he agreed to come back to the Gotham situation, which involved ditching the original tale of the script, which initially revolved around Catwoman and the Penguin hunting down buried treasure. <laughs> and also introduced Two-Face and Robin at the same time. Oh, bloody hell, too much. Yeah, way too much. To be uh, fair, he was quite right to yeah, not want to make a off. film involving treasure. Penguin and Catwoman no. hunting treasure. Yeah. Um, the first Batman movie here that cost $35 million to make and made over $410 million at the box office. Bloody hell. That was Batman 1. The sequel cost $60 million to produce and made quite a bit less, raking only $267 million. Still not bad. Still I mean, not that's bad. A pretty, that was a pretty chunky return. Apparently, that, because it didn't make $400 million like the first one did, that's why Burton was ousted, and they brought in this huge different take for Batman Forever. Yeah, that was fun. Was it just the pricing, <laughs> or was it the fact that everyone kind of went, oh, he's mad, isn't he? Oh, yeah, we kind of knew, but we let him do it again. And yeah. yeah. This, film, gone, this, film, this film was definitely not kid-friendly at times. No. There's some BDSM, there's some weird fucking sexy scenes between Catwoman that would not fly anymore for kids. Cam looks confused. Oh, Cam, that did wake <laughs> Cam up, though, briefly. Yeah. Just the, Any the beauty, just like BDSM? Michelle Pfeiffer in leather. Ooh. Hello. I, to this day, I'm put off from salmon. The fish. Oh, when you see him eat the fish. When you see Danny DeVito get given a raw fish at a Christmas party, he just opens it and eats it raw. And there's, and this is why it's salmon. The fish inside is pink meated. It's not a salmon that he's eating, but the meat is pink, which is what I found weird because salmons are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, because I saw it as a kid, again, movies have a huge influence on a little kid's mind. Sure do. Fists with your toes. <laughs> I, I can't eat salmon anymore because it just reminds me of that scene and it makes me feel ill. Similarly, I have, uh, ever since seeing this film, uh, had a fear of someone biting my nose. Yeah. Oh my God, I God. hate that scene. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is fucked up a lot of creepy scenes. Totally fucked up in this. <laughs> um, His method, he actually bit that guy's nose yeah, off. Yeah, 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 so here's some, of the, here's some of the things that went wrong with the film that people consider. One, it was too dark. It was too weird, too burning. Too dark. Enter Batman Begins. <laughs> and it was also uh, way too many adult-themed scenes, which seemed to be a problem for Warner Brothers, which is why they didn't invite Burton back for the next one, which is also how we ended up with a 
Dayglow Bat Nipple Batman Forever, which actually did feature both Two Face and Robin from the original script from Batman Returns. Um, yeah, you looking back on it now, it was super creepy, super weird, super. It was a weird version of Batman as well as Bruce Wayne, with the whole nuts thing and the whole. Just Mike, Michael Keaton's a great actor. Want to get nuts? He... came from uh, the first one. That was oh, did it? Yeah, that was. Um... Batman one with uh, Jack Nicholson because he's in. Uh, oh, he's that's in, it. He Jack tries Nicholson to fight the in. Joker. Yeah. yeah, he tries to fight the Joker. Um, Michael Keaton's great though. I, I, he is I, as, great. as things he's go, he was a good Batman. I mean, he's a great actor. He sleeps yeah. he upside down like a bat. That again. That's from the first one. Oh yeah, I know Michael Keaton. <laughs> it's Michael. I Keaton. don't think I remember this movie. <laughs> I remember uh, Christopher Walken. Is he? He's the like the head of a it's toy like a, production so, company. Yeah, Max Shrek. Company, he plays Max Shrek. And here's another Burton-esque kind of trope. He's the head of a toy syndicate there we go. in Gotham City. And he's trying to work with Oswald. He's trying to work with Oswald Cobblepot. The penguin. But he's got... The, uh, one of the B stories to this is his company uh, has like a factory outside the city which is polluting the Gotham water oh, supply yes. with chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the penguin takes revenge on him because the penguin lives down in the sewers in some weird... Animal he was fuel shunned jungle. Whole, as a child. He was I an mean, ugly, ugly child, place. so his family chucked him in a river. <laughs> the whole <laughs> Pee Wee Herman is Pee Wee Herman played creepy fucking Pee Wee Herman is his, is dad, his dad. Really? Yeah. And yeah. Chucks him in a river and they, the penguins give birth to this him. weird penguin hybrid boy, and they just decide yeah. to chuck him out the window. <laughs> chuck him out, off a bridge. Off a bridge even, into yeah. a river. Everything, all the scenes involving the penguin are weird. They're so <laughs> weird. And you're just saying, what the hell is going on? And it's Danny I mean, DeVito. Danny DeVito really embraces it as well. It's set, so. This is a Christmas film. It's set in Christmas, and but I've written here. Perhaps one of the biggest problems with Batman Returns was that it was actually set around Christmas, with heavy snow and ice themed within the movie, and the publicity materials were really pushing that angle. Apparently, however, the movie was released in the height of summer. In, Amazing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So the movie was released in the height of summer on the nineteenth of June, nineteen ninety-two. That's amazing. Years before the likes of Titanic and Lord of the Rings um, proved that winter was actually a peak blockbuster releasing season. Yeah. So it's, it kind of reminds me of the, when the first Deadpool was being marketed. It was marketed as a love story because it was it was due to release on Valentine's I Day. I saw that. So it was like, yeah. take your Valentine out for a Valentine's movie, the love scene between two people, and then it's like it's actually a weird. Superhero comedy. Why? With lots of why blood. do you release a Christmas theme movie in summer? Because he's Tim. I don't know. It's not Tim Burton's call. No, that wasn't his Warner Brothers call. Yeah, that was Warner Brothers. I think because it was more of a. It's. It was summer blockbuster. That yeah. was the thing. Yeah. That was the like if you if you shunted a film if you released a film in the market know, late au- late yeah. autumn or the spring it was because you didn't think it was very good and it, it wouldn't match get up numbers. with the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. But again, yeah, it makes sense because the marketing was like, this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the snow on the ice. Everyone just there be like, what the hell is going if on? If it had a Mr. Freeze tone to it, like the others did, yeah. then that would have made sense. This, yeah. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's the penguin. Uh, so yeah, I've got here. One of the other problems is that, well, the movie is just really, really very, very weird. After dumping their son in a river, the baby that would, be, would become Danny DeVito has taken him by penguins who just seem to exist under the city <laughs> thanks to some kind of abandoned zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it an abandoned zoo? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like an abandoned he, zoo. He travels in a duck, like, yeah, floaty a little, thing. Yeah, a yellow duck thing. Yellow duck thing. But the city, this, yeah, but it looks like it's based in some sort of Central Park area of yeah. Gotham City that people have just let They've be abandoned for 20 it. years. <laughs> Leave it to the penguins. They'll fend <laughs> yeah. for themselves. Moral of the story, don't drop your kid in a river. What else have we got? Michelle Pfeiffer plays Catwoman. (laughs) 
And she, as she's a sexy lady. What, what's Catwoman's real name? Um, uh, Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle works for Christoph, Christopher, Christoph Waltz? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken uh, at his little toy company. Creepy Toy Corp. Creepy Toy Corp. And LTD. he has this really weird, <laughs> sexually powerful relationship over her. And he... He fires her, doesn't he? Fires her. But in the pro- well, because she finds out, basically, that the toy company is polluting the water supply in Gotham. So he decides to right the wrongs of this situation... And throws her out a window. He he bloody Game of Thrones is her. He Game of Thrones is her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and that quickly turns her into superhuman Catwoman. Yeah, she falls, I'm assuming breaking her neck and or back. And, and then, then she's quickly revived gets, by a bunch of cats. Gets licked by a bunch of cats <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> and apparently that heals her and gives her super agility and <laughs> gymnastics. She's ability. great. In Does this. she not fall? There must be. Have you ever been licked by a cat? It's awful. It's very, yeah, very rough. rough very rough. <laughs> they are rough. <laughs> Back to the BDSM. <laughs> Is there not some sort of. I have a visual, like a mental picture of um, like sort of green smoke or something around her. Does she not fall into like no. the way? She just falls in the street. She, she falls, she falls into the street. And then she. She gets lit by cats. Yeah, and all of a sudden she becomes sexy. Well, that's the thing. The cats don't just lick her. I think they bite her fingers and stuff as well. So she gets like bitten because they think she's dead. They're like, oh, sweet, free meat. Yeah, she goes home and she finds a bunch of leather clothes she's got, then sews them all together. Hence the BDSM weird kind of bondage stuff I'm talking about here. Cam, little laddie here. Oh, he's a poor laddie. Watching videos of people playing video games right now next to me. That's Red Dead. (laughs) Are you watching yourself on Red Dead? Figure out what to do in Red Dead Online. Uh, so yeah, she becomes super sexy Catwoman. Yeah, and she might be my favorite in this. Like Michelle Pfeiffer, oh, amazing. She plays a good Selena Kyle. Yeah, yeah, and she's super hot because she's fit. meant to be a sexual character for Batman to be distracted at, because yeah. he needs to do his detective work. Yeah, and, and and help Gotham. And she's like, oh, "Hey there, Bat. Why don't you come over here and come and snuggle?" And Batman's like, "Oh, I really do, but this guy's like robbing stuff." <laughs> So I think one of the, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the film justice because it can get quite confusing. Your, your ability for movie quotes is still <laughs> as strong as ever. It's I like good. that. So we talked about something like I'm not. We're not giving the film justice. I really like this film, but there are it's a lot. Of, great. There are a lot it's of problems weird. with yeah. it. Yeah. Um. There's too many plot points. Batman can't move his neck. Yeah. Well, I've got written <laughs> he down here. To, he has uh, to move shoulders. Uh, to turn eventually, around. once the seventeen thousand different plot points fall aside, for example, Shrek's secret power plant. Penguin finding his parents. I love how you said Shrek's secret power plant. Like Shrek's in this movie now. <laughs> Catwoman Sorry. getting revenge on everyone. Because apparently... <laughs> I know, but I keep yeah. picturing Catwoman's it. getting revenge on everyone. Not just Max Shrek, yeah. but the Penguin, yeah. Batman, everyone. Shrek making the Penguin mayor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like the way I he said... He... Oswald the Cobblepot. But we eventually fall on the big bad plot Just of the, the film. Fuck. Halfway through the film, the plot starts. Which is... Penguin killing all the firstborn sons of the rich and famous in Gotham. Because that's what happened to him? Basically, yeah. <laughs> he will be the only firstborn son left. Therefore, he shall inherit something? I think he's just... Probably. It's a whole revenge story. Like Everyone's out to get revenge. And Batman gets wound up in the middle of it's it. Like it's the first thing we see, the bat boat. Nice. Flying through the sewers. Hopefully, the only time. Yeah, yeah. Bat yeah. Still one of my favorite Batmobiles in this. The Barton Batmobile is my favorite Batmobile. Is that the one with the the fins? fins it's the Art Deco one. Out. Yeah, the really long one. It's got one. the blue thing on the front. We had a toy of it as kids. Yeah, we had a toy. I think I it was like the sleek one, and it yeah. had like a 
it had like it had like gills almost. Yeah, it was kind of sp- yeah, like and spiky, glowed white or blue. Yeah, uh, I think it had like a blue jet at the back. That's my memory, but I'm gonna show you a picture of it. Right? Okay, it's class. Class. It's fine. The famous Cam McDonald quote. Yeah. Class and fine. How do you <laughs> feel? How do you feel today, Cam? You can't. No one can hear you. He's looking class. That's, That's the main thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah, of the yeah. different one. No, it's like... Re- I think I'm thinking of the Batman and Robin one. No, it's super art deco. I, re- I remember that one. I think I had yeah. a little... We had a toy of that toy one as well. Though, see, yeah. the, the successes of these two films basically started what was the best interpretation of Batman ever, which is the animated series. Um, the one with Kevin Conroy, who voices Batman. Kevin And it Conroy. has that whole art Batman. deco style He's played Batman look about for, it. He played the Arkham Batman, didn't he? Yeah, he was Arkham Batman. Is that... Uh, also have Adam... Uh, no, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Mark, Mark Hamill as the Joker, Joker yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the TV show, the cartoon, basically took huge tropes from the Burton movies and made that into the cartoon series that we got. Um, I mean, it makes sense for someone like Burton because to be like, you know, it is dark. Gotham, it's a pretty dark place. When it's you not just, great, is it? When you, like, just taught up, up the absolute uh-huh. chaos that seems to happen on a daily what? basis. Even, even as the the rich and famous, why would you choose to live in Gotham? Gotham's a fucked up place, man. Go to Metropolis. It's safer there. Or Metro... What was it? Metrocity. <laughs> Metrocity. Metrocity. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's, that's Mega, Mega Mind. Mind. Yeah. That's Metro City. <laughs> oh. oh, no. I choked on a crisp as I was trying to get my Mega Mind quote Metro out. City. Ah, the old shoe house. The old shoe house. The old house. <laughs> Look at the intricate moving. So some, some trivia behind it. Oh, Dan- no. Danny DeVito was heavily advised to play this role by his friend Jack Nicholson, who was a very who was very aware of his financial success after Batman to take the role of Penguin. Oh, so wow. basically, Jack Nicholson made big bucks. Listen here, Sparky. Here's the deal. You gotta can... take the Batman role. You'll be rolling in cash. As much salmon as you can. As much salmon as you want. Following that, Danny DeVito <laughs> was going through a weird method actor phase, and apparently he remained in character as the Penguin between takes That's and really awesome. freaked everyone oh, out. Weirdo. I was joking about him being method earlier. <laughs> oh, God, Danny. Straight up that. just ate a salmon in front yeah. of everyone. I mean, that's okay. And got like, really ill. Yeah. <laughs> was, was off for several weeks with uh, <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah. Holy shit. Michelle Pfeiffer went through 60 cat suits during the six month shoot and at a cost of $1,000 a piece. Why? You yeah, had to get sewn do? in and out of them, apparently. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Fucking hell. I mean, hence I mean it's not it was tight. Too tight. Like a tiger. Like a cat. <laughs> or a cat, yeah. A large cat. A large cat. This yeah. is, this is. Uh, I don't prefer it to Batman 89. I, I think it stands at its own two feet. It's it's darker. Is it's creepier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I 100% prefer the Burton Batman franchise to the to the Schumacher franchise that came after it. Hills, yeah, with the nipples. With nipples and it's sort of weird and campy. <laughs> yeah. But I do prefer 89 to this one, I think. Um, this one is just on the list because it's a Christmas film yeah. and is one of the ones that sticks with me. Yeah. We had this as kids as well, and I don't think as kids we were really kind of read into the weird sexual overtones of no. some of the plot. No. No. Talking about those I think dad, scenes again. dad was into it because dad's always enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> dad loves actress. a bit of Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> He's always enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> as an actress. Of course. Her work, yeah. She and has he a very went, good he went, body of work. He went, boys, Michelle Pfeiffer's in this. You like Batman. Let's watch this Batman movie with let's Michelle give some, Pfeiffer. Let's give you some really confusing feelings by juxtaposing <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito as I a no penguin I no longer eat salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle Pfeiffer in a leather cat suit. It's a great film. Good, good film. film. I really, really enjoy it. It's going to be up there with my 12 Christmas movies of Christmas. Where yes. are you going, Cam? 
Cam's away for uh, a shower, get, everyone. We, we shower. Get clean no, for Christmas, guys. Cleanse your sins, mate. <laughs> I think that's a very solid... If you're doing our 12 movies of Christmas, these eight <laughs> are <laughs> a, a good, good way to start. It's a good way to start. And yeah. then, we, yeah, and well, then you can pick your final four. Pick a couple here. Have we missed out, Gregor, on any that you think should have been out of the list that we didn't have time to? Any honorable mentions? Yeah. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas is my favorite yeah. Halloween and Christmas film. When I was spitballing yeah. this yeah, it's with both. other people, they were always like, you need to put this on it. But is that Halloween film or is it a Christmas film? Yes. Good yes. question. Yes. And it's the best at both. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, um, and also, oh, fun fact about Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Um, Sally is voiced by Catherine O'Hara who is uh, Kevin McAllister's mum in uh, Home Alone. No way. Oh, really? There you go. There's oh, your Christmas, there's your Christmas, there you back, Christmas She's connection. Good. I like her. Very yeah. good. She was also the mum in Beetlejuice. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there are honorable mentions. Gremlins, apparently. Yeah, Gremlins is a good one. Set mm. during Christmas. Yep. Mogwai. Mogwai are a great band. Yeah. And they are are they band. named after the Gremlin? I assume yeah, so. Yeah, so the Mogwai oh, was the thing. I didn't know that. The Mogwais were the little things that the Gremlins turned into. LA no, Confidential. Turn into Gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, LA Confidential. Yeah, that's a Christmas film. That so it is. Christmas Russell film. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe and the pedophile. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Yeah. Fuck, Kevin Spacey. I've forgotten Kevin Spacey. Uh, in that. Guy, Guy, Guy Pierce is in it as well. Guy Pierce. Um, LA Confidential, fantastic book by um, James Elroy. James so Elroy. Yeah, that's that. a really good film. Fuck, I missed that. On the, mm. on the, damn it. Uh, damn next Christmas. Famous, Save it for yeah. next Christmas. Yeah, a famous movie that Jamie and I love. Apparently, this is set in Christmas time. Edward Scissorhands. It is, yeah. I fucking hate that film. There's only one. Yeah. You're only like talk about one Tim Burton film an episode. There's too many Burtons. Yeah, too many Burtons. Too many Burtons. I mean, he likes he likes creepiness. He likes Christmas time. It's the old one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, the most lonely time of the year, and he likes being alone. He's a weird little a weird little creeper. This yeah. is oh no, it's just a Christmas movie. Never mind. The night before is a great Christmas movie. Oh, is that the one with um, Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Falcon Anthony from yeah, Anthony Avengers. Mackie. And they're just three mates who come back to do their like... To get a big piss up on Christmas piss Eve. Piss up Christmas Eve yeah. thing. Um, and it's a Netflix all, original. All goes wrong. Seth, I think it's Netflix. Yeah. Seth Rogen takes all the drugs at one point. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Jesus. Another classic start, fa- family starts, Christmas option. He starts fighting a nativity scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some good alternative Christmas films, everyone yeah. out there, yeah. to watch. If we've missed out any films that you think you'd recommend for alternative Christmas films, tweet us to our Twitter handle, which we're using much more often now. That's at Kiddlehood, spelled with two Ds on Twitter. We don't have. Three Ds. We don't have. Uh, take the two Ds. We don't have an Instagram. We're looking at getting an Instagram. If say we fancy putting some photos, say possibly. I think it would ruin the magic seeing pictures of. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll just use it to promote episodes, and Jamie can work on his Photoshop abilities. Hey man, I'm all about Photoshop nowadays. Yeah, Yo, loves it. Jamie did famously did the logo. For yeah, us. I designed the logo. Famously, famously, famously did. That. Took a picture of us. As kids dressed as Batman. Anyway, <laughs> everyone, for the last roughly hour and a half, you've been listening to Kiddlehood, the podcast where we talk fun stuff like movies, TV shows, and video games with the odd celebrity oppression thrown in there for goodwill because it's Christmas time. Because it's Christmas your time. Your walking was on form today. I like your walking. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's all right. It's a bit wayward now. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a happy new year. To you. <laughs> Amazing. Very good, Roy. Very good. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Anything else you two want to add before we sign off for the day? Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I don't know whether or not we'll do episodes throughout Christmas time. 
uh, depending on how busy we are throughout the holidays. We'll try and pre-record, uh, we'll try and pre-record yeah. some episodes. We'll try uh, and pre-record. If not, have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. We'll get back to the news when we can. There's big news coming. There's a lot of movies and coming out over the Christmas thanks holidays. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We've got quite a lot of listeners now. And it's, it's a real Christmas present to you guys. It's a Christmas present for us to know that people actually listen to us talk absolute shite. Yeah. Uh, we know nothing oh. about movies, video games, or TV shows. And <laughs> for some se- reason... We're self-proclaimed professionals, yes, okay? Yes. I, wait, are you guys getting paid? <laughs> I've not been given any money for this. And <laughs> on that note... Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas, one and all.